This episode is brought to you by the NHL on TNT. When it comes to hockey, the Stanley Cup playoffs are built different. Experience the intensity and insanity on the ice and off it. Starting May 5th on TNT and TBS. Get ready for seven game rounds of knockdowns, dragouts, pressure, and agony as teams go head to head without ever letting up. The Stanley Cup playoffs are known for more than just a few cracked ribs and black eyes. Pushing through pain is the name of the game. With so much edge of your seat action, you'll refuse to shave or change your sweater. Don't say we didn't warn you. Ready to feel the rush? Watch the Stanley Cup playoffs beginning May 5th on TNT and TBS. This episode is brought to you by Simple Mobile. Tired of being tied down with a wireless contract? Switch to Simple Mobile and stay connected on a powerful nationwide 5G network. Unlimited talk, text, and data starts at $30 a month with no contracts, activation fees, or credit checks. Visit simplemobile.com today. Out with the old, in with the simple. Compatible 5G-capable device and SIM require. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. 5G network not available in all areas. One month equals 30 days. See terms and conditions at simplemobile.com. Good morning, Honey Hole Hangout crew. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Hey, it's, it's morning somewhere, right? Yeah, it's, morning. it's morning somewhere. Uh, Cliff is fresh from excitement from the expo this past weekend. Dude. And I'm eating a cookie. And yeah. you're eating a cookie. He's and we're drinking great whiskey. <laughs> we have an a awesome guest tonight. Uh, Camden is with us um, to talk about a hunting trip that you went on and may have been successful. That's right, yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, was Wait, it, he doesn't know if he was successful. I'm trying to be suspenseful and like keep our <laughs> listeners on the edge of the under the edge of their seat. Uh, you went on an elk hunt. That's right. That's and right. Uh, may or may not have been successful. So you'll have to listen through the podcast to find out. Yeah. Yep. We'll find out. We'll find out. But who are we? I want to get an unsuccessful hunter in like, their story. <laughs> hey man, I'm, uns- I'm unsuccessful all the time. Aren't we all? <laughs> <laughs> uh, who are we? Oh, well, I'm Landon. I'm we also Cliff. have Cliff and Zach. Zach. <laughs> I didn't know if you were introducing <laughs> and, us or not. <laughs> and, uh, I don't know, man. Uh, we also have Ian on the phone. We What's are, up, guys? We are Honey Hole Hangout. We hang out, drink whiskey, talk about hunting and fishing. You came up with a pretty good little tagline. Uh, tell us tell us the tagline you came up with for Oh, you might learn something you probably won't, but you're guaranteed to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. And uh, that's how I marketed it. <laughs> that's a t-shirt. Yeah, that's a t-shirt. I Actually, wear that t-shirt. speaking of t-shirts, uh, uh, I had a lot of people ask about with the day that I wore the "It Depends" t-shirt. Yeah, ask me about it. They what? were like, "Oh, it depends." <laughs> <laughs> well, great. we had someone comment on Facebook that was like, "I love Cliff's It Depends shirt," and I was like, "That was my Christmas present to him." Someone even brought up, uh, "Are they asked me, are you wearing Depends?" And then said, "It depends." <laughs> and then I told them the story about how you wanted to buy me Depends when you gave me the shirt, and then decided I wasn't worth it because they, they were, were so forty dollars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My, I, my friendship is not worth $40. <laughs> um, I also apparently need to make an apology uh, because there were some people that specifically either came to the event or made their whole 
uh, schedule around me speaking at the event, and I was unable to make it due to work. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Me and Carson had to play a lot of uh, putting out fires for your behalf. <laughs> oh. People would come up to the booth like angry. Landon did not show up. Wait, How, for real? Yeah, they were like, where's Landon this weekend? I made my whole schedule of my speaking events around no. Landon. No, dead serious. You're a celeb, Landon. Apparently not anymore. This is a PR nightmare. Wait, wait, <laughs> wait, are you serious? Dead serious. No, I don't know if they confused him with Landon Mayer, but... <laughs> <laughs> Probably. But no, they, they were asking about Landon. And, yeah. and so... I would like to apologize for not being able to make it. They said that they all feel at least 1% less successful or what less qualified to be on the river mm. now. Dude, Cliff mm. is fired up tonight. Yeah, he is. he's eating a cookie. He's got whiskey. He's he's good he's to go. Just, blood sugar's up. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so I'd like to apologize to anybody that came out to uh, listen to me. Uh, first of all, I'm super flattered that y'all would – want to come to my presentation and uh i'm sorry that i wasn't able to make it but my work was doing good stuff related to uh the snowpocalypse storm in texas and helping people out that were impacted by that so um it's not my plan to miss another one but uh uh no. Yeah. Whole crew will be there next year. Whole crew will be there next year and according to cliff we need to go to we as many to of these do, as we, we need can to do more let's do it so I'll be injected with that good juice. Yeah, we um, always gotta stay at the La Quinta, though. <laughs> I'll yeah. say the La Quinta. So you had an interesting state of like. Actually, before we get into that, Cam, what are we drinking first? Because uh, he brought a oh, platter gonna, of whiskeys for us to drink. It's gonna get wild on, and this hole. is gonna be a wild podcast. Yeah. So this is Noah's Mill. It's one of my favorite. It's. 114.3 proof, so it's I can, pretty. I can taste that. It's pretty yeah, stout. It'll 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 warm your bones. Yeah. So mm-hmm. uh, it's got a good like nutty flavor to it. I don't know yeah. if y'all can taste that, but, but it's also like super sweet. Yeah, it's kind of got a sweet undertone. It's Cam. Where are you from originally? West Texas, San Angelo. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, born and raised. I'm just picking up an accent, and I don't. Yeah, I don't recognize it as Texas necessarily. But you're glad you're not the only one right now. I've, yeah, I've heard. You know, I've heard Australian, which I, I don't, which is I not don't Australian. No, but I've heard that, and then I've heard. Man, I don't. I can't pinpoint where your accent. See, from. I, I would have figured around my neck of the woods, maybe yeah. not as far east, but somewhere. I'd say like Georgia, right? Yeah, Georgia. Okay, okay. And you're just south of where I grew up, Sweetwater. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, I also he sounds more regal than you do. I'd also <laughs> regal. Uh, like it. regal. I'd also like to point out that he is a Red Raider. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, tech. Hey, freaking tech. man! Bro. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have four on the podcast and a five. Right. So I and you're an Austin Ian. Dude, I'm like, I'm holding it down up here, bro. Everyone's like, like, you're a Red Raider in Austin, which is true because there's like four. But um, I appreciate your representation up there. Dude, I am, man. Yeah. 08 to 2012, all four years. Same for me. So Carson uh, called me because, uh, and the Red Raider, you may know who he is, but uh, Carson met Mac McClung on campus. So he called me because he was super pumped. That's super cool. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, 
So, Cliff. Carson called you or Matt called you? Carson. Oh. Yeah. That's like, that's Randall. <laughs> no. No, I no, bet no. your brother. For the, for the Red for the Red Raider fans uh, out there, Mac McClung's our best basketball player and a uh, you, YouTube I sensation. You were, I thought you were saying Carson met him and talked about the podcast to him, and then he called you. No. Okay, no, I no, no. That would have been, been a way better no, story. Carson was like, pretty hey, popular. guys, I'm landed right <laughs> <laughs> Like, at the event, that would be awesome. So, okay, Cliff, tell us about the event, and let's start off with the hotel. Wait, wait, do we, what about whiskey? Oh, yeah, 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 we whiskey. We talked we, about We it. got sidetracked. So, Noah's Mill. <laughs> Is this one you keep stocked all the time? I do. If I see it, I'll buy it. Is it do you see it pretty often? So it depends. It's a hit mm-hmm. or miss. You can pretty much find it at Total Wine. Okay, so you can mm. find it, but they might be sold out, but they they're going to get a new shipment pretty it's soon. It's not yeah. like the craze where uh, you have to be on a list or mm. you have to be there when the truck gets no, there. No, no, like the other bottle we're going to try where it's like you have to fight tooth and nail to get That's it. That's right. Yeah. yeah, That one's a special allocation. But this one right here, it's for the listeners, it's, it looks, it's shaped like a wine bottle. It's kind of a green-tinted um, antique label. Uh, it's an old mill on the front, but uh, it's a really great. I'm assuming that that's great Noah's bourbon mill. And yeah, this one yeah. is <laughs> also made by. Uh, what? So I don't know. I don't think it is. I think it's Noah's Mill's its own thing. Noah's Mill's its own thing. Yeah, it's I don't not think like it's because uh, the bottle looks really similar to the Rowan's Creek. It, yeah, and the uh, the label even because like the, the label especially. Yeah the yeah. the Rowan's Creek had the little catty corner mm-hmm. diagonal label, but they're not made by the same. I don't think so. Nothing I mean, back here. Probably I mean, buy used wine bottles a dime a dozen. So it's not just like one bourbon yeah. company is doing it. Ah, <laughs> oh, crap. The wine bottle, empty wine bottle shortage of 2020. <laughs> it is very good, though. Uh, what does a bottle that run? I want to say it's around 50 to 60. That's Rollins okay. Creek, too. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I tell you what, you're no, going to get. Creek's like 30, mm. 30 to 40. You'll get your money's worth in the proof. Mm. I mean the proof. Oh, yeah. The proof's there. It's a pretty stout whiskey. Yeah. So the proof is in no. the pudding. Okay, so it is. It's made by Willet, the same people who make uh, Willet's Reserve Reed. and yeah. Willet's Reserve, right? Yeah. Yep. Which cool. is a cool bottle. Well, I really like this. I'd buy it if I saw it on the shelf. Yeah, it's absolutely. Great. I think that I would enjoy it a little bit more with ice in it, but it's pretty good. You're you're taking a play from my playbook. Yeah, I think because this one is a little hot for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. Ice would kind of round it out and it's, smooth out some of those. It's notes. amazing even what ice, ice does. Or even mm-hmm. if you put like three or four drops of water in there, it might bring it down for you too. Yeah, probably. Real quick, I need you to say something for me. Say it'd be a lot cooler if you did. Be a lot cooler <laughs> if you did. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we just watched that movie the other day and Kendall hated it. It's such a good movie though. It yeah. is a good movie. It is. Very good movie. Dazen's confused if you're uh, wondering. If you all right, Cliff. So the expo. Where Tell you, us about the hotel first right. and foremost. <laughs> That's where we're going to start so, with the hotel. We're going to start with the hotel, which was a adventure of itself. So we get up to Mesquite around two thirty, and we set up our booth and everything. And I meet up with Carson. And then we head back to the hotel to check in and drop off all our stuff. And we Get our room, we go upstairs, and the first thing we notice is the door is wide open. No. Like, it wasn't shut, it wasn't locked, it was wide open. To your room? Yes. 
Is the is the uh, the cleaning service anywhere no, near? No, but the the cleaning service wasn't anywhere near. But what happened was the like little latch uh-huh. was like cocked between the door and the jam. Uh-huh. So I figured like maybe they were cleaning it and left it open. Like no big deal. They like probably I, I, super busy. I, it, it, it explained it in my mind. Yeah. So we go in and uh, Carson. First thing he says to me is. Which bed do you want? Do you want closer to the AC or closer to the wall? I said, it really doesn't matter to me. He's like, all right, I'm going to take the one closer to the AC. So I throw my bag onto the bed I was going to sleep in. And I start unpacking and pull out, like, my chargers and stuff like that. And I'm looking for a plug. And the first thing I notice while looking is there's a piece of the wallpaper or paint just stripped off the wall <laughs> like a good six inches or so uh-huh. and probably about two inches wide just missing. just missing and i was like i'm gonna take a picture of this so i don't get charged for it yeah that's a good idea and so i was <laughs> like if this is there and no one's painted over it then what else is wrong with the room so i went around and took pictures of like every ding in the drywall and anything that i saw that was like peculiar uh-huh and then I start looking around for a plug, and I notice on the floor next to my bed, there was a stain in the carpet. And it looked like, honestly, it looked like someone took a candy bar or gum or something and mushed it into the carpet. So it's so, brown in color? Kind of. Brownish red? No. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> So you taking I, a cherry-filled chocolate, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm looking, I'm looking at this, taking a picture of it, and my flash goes off and something catches the corner of my ba- eye. <laughs> and all along the bed skirt are these white stains <laughs> going all down the side to the floor from the top of the bed skirt down to the floor. And I'm like, that's gross. Yeah, he built the candles. It's gross. <laughs> yeah, built yes. the candles. <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> so I'm like, this place is kind of gross, CD, wet and whatnot, but what are you going to do? Like, it's not a part that I'm going to be, like, touching if I'm mindful of it. Like, yeah. I don't have to come in contact with it. Just <laughs> sleep in the bed, get up, go to the expo. Sleep, sleep like a mummy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so... We settle in, and we're, like, making fun of it. We're texting the group all about it and everything. We find some, like, McDonald's Avenger toys in the... Uh, <laughs> I got that, yeah. The dresser, and we We should have like, put that... Did, did room, it go on Instagram, or did that just go to the group chat? I think chat? it just went to the group chat, and we're like, <laughs> well, at least the room comes with some toys. <laughs> and so we're like, all right, well, <clears throat> we let's go find something to do. And I had some errands. I wanted to run to like Best Buy and we were looking for, um, I was looking for like plates for a tripod to like, uh, like those quick release plates for tripods. Mm -hmm. Um, couldn't find those. We ended up going to dinner, um, a very well-known wing place. Okay. I don't want to say the name, but you can put two and two together. Okay. Um, so we went to we went there, ate, and then came back. And because we had wings and, of course, like greasy, breaded, hot sauce everywhere, your stomach kind of starts going. So you're like, all right, I'm going to go to the bathroom. Okay. So we get back, and Carson's in the bathroom, and he notices when he comes out, he's like, 
hey, we don't have a shower curtain. <laughs> I'm, oh like, my I'm like, what do you mean we don't have a shower curtain? He's like, we don't have a shower curtain. So I, I go in there and I look and I'm sure as crap, there's no shower, <laughs> no shower curtain hanging up. And then I'm like, huh. And I look over and also notice there's no towels because I was looking for a place to like wash my hands and stuff. I was like, there's no towels. And then, so I'm like, you know what? There's no shower curtain. There's no towels. We got to at least fix that. Cause I mean, what other reason do you yeah. have a hotel? Just wash yourself in the mirror, take a shower and then shake off. Pretty much. Yeah. So wash your hands on the bed's cart with the white. <laughs> no, nah, then I'd have to wash them again. <laughs> <laughs> so I go downstairs and I ask the, the front desk worker. I'm like, Hey, I'm in room such and such and such. Um, and we don't have a, the room's kind of gross. We don't have a shower curtain and we don't have any towels. Is there anything you can do? Can we get a shower curtain and towels? Oh, I'm sorry. Um, I'll put you in another room. And we're like, okay, that's fine. Uh, so she's like, I'll put you in this room. It's not far away, so you don't have to move very far. So we go upstairs and we check the room out first. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm like, we check make sure there's shower curtain and towels. And we're like, Oh, thanks. We at least have that. Mm -hmm. And then we started to go and ground and he says, what bed do you want? And he's like, I say, well, you had the one next to the AC. So take the one next to AC. He's like, nah, I'm going to, uh, I'm just going to choose mine. And we started looking all around and sure as crap, this bed has stuff on the side of it. As well, okay. So it's a feature. It's not. It, yeah, it, it's, it's like this. This one specific hotel. Oh, like, sorry, you get that for free. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Somebody's just going around adding that. <laughs> and so both beds had them. So he's like, "You take this one. It has more." <laughs> and I sleep on the one that has a little bit, just a little bit of it. Like, and I'm like, "Fine, whatever. I'm not going to touch like the bed skirt anyway." Yeah. And. uh so we kind of got it settled, and then I was unpacking everything, and I noticed that I left my body wash and everything into the other room. So uh-huh. I had to go all weekend without that, but Carson let me borrow his. So we go to bed and go to the expo, have a good time at the expo, go to dinner and whatnot, come back to the hotel, and there's no towels in our new room either. Wait, so we took them? They came in, cleaned the room, made up the beds, took the towels, which were hanging. They weren't on the floor because, oh. like, you know, in most places, yeah, if they're hanging, it let it floor. stay. If it's on the floor, take them, wash. Yeah, there's no cute uh, rhyme, but, yeah, I get it. Right. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm like, they took our towels, so I called down front desk, and I'm like, hey, uh, I'm in room such and such and such. We don't have any towels. Is there any way we can get some tower, towels up here? And the person at the front desk says, oh, they didn't leave me any towels, so I don't have any to give you. And I'm like, okay, whatever. I don't understand how a hotel doesn't have any clean towels they can give their guests or why they're not in the room. Or why she can't go check an empty room to see if there's towels in there to give us. Uh She just doesn't want to. I don't want to fight at this point because it's almost 11, and we got to wake up early the next day, and I'm like, whatever 
So we go to bed, but I did eventually find like one hand towel, and I take a, uh, <laughs> I take a sink shower uh-huh. in the morning, uh-huh. like getting all the hot spots and stuff <laughs> to get ready for to go to the expo. Yeah, oh that's God. the equivalence of having one toilet paper square left on the toilet roll. <laughs> it, you it know really, that, right? It really was, but like, <laughs> it was, it was, it was one thing after another with this Man. place. So. If you're staying, uh, if you're I, looking for a hotel in Mesquite, Texas, do not stay at the La Quinta. <laughs> well, man, I did uh, have a conversation. I did book the hotel, so I guess I could take some of the blame. It was my gift to y'all since I wasn't able to make it. <laughs> Thank you. But also, to be fair, I gave two hotel options, and someone was pretty adamant about the cheaper one. I said, do the cheaper one because <laughs> normally, normally. La Quintas aren't that bad. No, I'm, right. not put, I'm not putting La Quinta on blast. No. I'm putting this La Quinta on blast. Normally, they're great. Yeah. They're reasonably priced. I can bring my dog. Yeah. No questions asked. I don't have a problem with La Quinta. I have a problem with this La Quinta. And it probably would, I probably could have like nullified all of it if they could have given me towels the second day. Mm. Yeah. Had you had towels also, the whole time? Also, the, they said you'd, you'd have a... A breakfast in the mornings, like there's a free breakfast that people could have. Cereal, pop tarts. <laughs> no, <laughs> they legitimately had one waffle maker for the entire hotel. <laughs> so there That's was it. a line. Yeah, and there's a girl there. She was wearing like some short shorts and high heels in the morning, making her waffle. <laughs> and so we we're like, yeah, we're gonna go to uh, Taco Cabana and get breakfast. So, uh, you and Carson went to the event, and for our regular listeners, Carson's been on a couple times. He's my younger brother. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not on a lot, but Carson went to help out because we knew it was going to be a pretty big show, and we need the help. So, you and Carson went, and uh, how, how was the overall event? Because we did have Bo on, who uh, ran the event. and uh, So, I think overall, the event was a big success for us mm-hmm. i kind of went into it i wouldn't say pessimistically but i had very modest goals for it i was like if we could do 50 dollars a day in sales right and get five new listeners a day and a couple of interviews that would be great <clears throat> you think we surpassed all of that the first day now granted I was thinking that as a per day basis. So mm-hmm. think of the whole event like a hundred dollars in sales, maybe uh, 10-ish to new 20 listeners. new listeners and four or five interviews done. I would have been like, this was great. Like it was great. The first day we were there, we did triple what that whole weekend goal would have been. Cool. So little over $300 in sales. Um, I passed out or people collected well over 100 business cards. So even if only half of them do it, that's 50 new listeners. Right. I'd also like to point out on our business cards too, the whole QR code. There weren't people making we, pretty yeah, positive comments about that. A lot of people that. like the fact that they the QR it. code is on there. Awesome. Because it makes it easier to find things. And they said these other need, vendors need to get on this like they need to wise up for it that's awesome and it brings them to our uh it brings them to all of our social media and where to listen to it so well really only spotify and apple itunes 
but those are our two biggest. Yes, mm-hmm. but still though, that's awesome. That's um, awesome. And got probably just north, I would say between eight to ten interviews. Eventually, Carson stopped writing down the interviewers, although I've made that his job when we were doing it. <laughs> but he wrote. <laughs> He wrote down eight of them, and I know we had a couple more than that, so I'm thinking eight to ten interviews. Now, okay, if all so. of them make it on there, that's one thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. But they're pretty to, good. I need to edit that. Whoop. You know what? Now that I think about it, I was going to edit, put that one on this coming week, and then this one. The this, next. But I might, since we're having this conversation now, I might push it back to that week because mm-hmm. you could right now tell us about a couple of the listeners People that you interviewed. Oh, yeah. And then next week, people can look forward to hearing from them. Yeah. Yeah, I can do that or however you want. I kind of told them to be on the lookout for it sooner. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I really kind of think that it should come out as like a special edition episode. But right. Yeah, we can, get, we can figure get, that out. I get trumped on it. That's not a bad idea, a special edition. Um, just because it's not going to be like a normal episode for mm-hmm. us. It's a lot of small interviews. But for sure. So, so who, did you, who did you speak to? Uh, a variety of people, but it's going to range from two six-year-old kids talking about fly fishing and one of the six-year-olds taking complete charge and interviewing the other six-year-old <laughs> and then interviewing Carson and I. Uh-huh. Um, super a future cute. podcaster. Right. Yes. Yeah, probably. To a, another small child and his dad talking about fly fishing and what it's like to be fly fishing with your dad and grandfather. So multiple generations. Yeah. That's an awesome. To a celebrity in the fly fishing world, talking about trout and all this other stuff and his 1% rule type thing. Cause I did ask him that question and his most memorable fish and everything to a guide who guides down in Brazil on the Amazon rainforest talking about his clients and how they'll stay in like indigenous people's villages. Bit and of stuff a culture shock for them. Yes. To a uh, men's ministry group uh, talking about uh, going out into nature to kind of fellowship with other guys and uh, worship the Lord to another men's ministry group that goes all over on specialty trips, to a uh, nonprofit organization that helps uh, soldiers coming back from overseas and first responders dealing with PTSD, um, a chaplain for, he does that and then does this on the side, and then uh, a new-ish clothing apparel company in the fly fishing world mm-hmm. who's trying to be a mix between, like, Haller and Sims. Okay. Um, that was pretty good. So a lot of good, like, interviews and stuff. I don't want to give, like, too much No, details, dude, I'm but, excited for yeah. it. I can't wait to listen um, to them. I just wanted to kind of portray the mix. So it's something, yeah. like, extremely lighthearted, to one that's going to be almost a tearjerker. Yeah. To a new coffee company that I just discovered that actually uh, ages their beans in whiskey barrels. Huh. So you get a good whiskey flavor off the back end of drinking your morning what coffee. Woodtip's going to like that. Yeah. yeah. I will like that. I know. I'm, <laughs> like, I'm, like, out with me. I'm like, what's the name of that coffee company? Mm-hmm. Well, you will get to try it when we head down south. Oh, cool. Because I bought... Two bags. Sweet. 
And cool. I'm not opening them until then. Then, dude, sounds good. I'll bring my Chemex, make it real fancy. Is that a pour over? Yeah, that probably wouldn't be a bad idea. Yeah, pour over and French press. We can bring both to love coffee and a French press. Oh, dude, I, I like it too. But I've gone back to I've pour over is my good. My good. I would say now. percolator is probably my favorite. Really, like an old school percolator yeah, yeah, on the yeah. stove. But I've gone back to the. I'm gonna say old school because it's old school to us now. But like the standard coffee pot. With like drip, I did. Just we did that for a while. It was so, it's so easy. That's the thing. It's so easy. We did that for a while, and Ken and I were like, eh, "It's good," but then all of a sudden, um, it stopped working. And I was like, "I'm gonna try Chemex." You know, do that, and it's just like night and day. And if this broke, I, I wouldn't mind going back to my percolator. I absolutely <laughs> love it. Yeah, but this is just so much easier to deal with as far as like cleaning goes. For sure. So. Uh, do we have questions this week? Uh, I'm going to open our... Uh, we have a wood tip call. Cool. Uh, oh, so play the wood tip call. Uh, while you're doing that, finish your drink, and we can move on to the next one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good. Uh, oh, Ian came up with some good wood tip uh, t-shirt ideas. And uh, Kim, have you heard... Do you know who wood tip is? Yes. Okay. Yes. We should put them up on the Instagram as like a poll and let mm. people choose their favorite yeah. one and oh, then do it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Also, Wizip has an Instagram that is. Uh, it's pretty, pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I like this post today. Uh, we don't know who Woodtip is. Oh, you don't? Mm-mm. Okay. No, it's a big I've mystery. I've had some conversations with him, but I've never met him. Cliff's like uh, the Peter Parker to our Spider Man, you know? <laughs> like he knows who he is, but none of us, we just like, give me pictures of Woodtip. Yeah. You know? Well, we do have one picture of Woodtip. If you look on Feeder Pick Friday from like two weeks ago, there's a wood tip. He's he, in there? He's in one of them. Oh, my gosh. Wood tip spotting. Driving his Jeep. A wood tip there spotting. So our, our T-shirt ideas is one that's maybe like uh, Zach can mock up a picture of what he think wood tip looks like. <laughs> yeah. And then it can say, I'm the real wood tip underneath. Yeah. Or we have a sh- uh, shirt idea for South Texas Groceries. That's like maybe some kind of hog picture, like a hog holding or a havelina, like a hog holding like an HEB bag. Oh, oh that would be <laughs> yes, yes. Can we put an HEB bag? No, on but there? you could put a standard grocery bag. Yeah, on or we could put like a red logo yeah. with Honey Hole Hangout on there. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, with the same yeah. font. Yeah, it's not the same thing. <laughs> it falls on a parody. Idea. You know, that's a great idea. <laughs> All right, here's Wood Tip. This here wood tip pickle chip, giving you boys another call. Well, you know, like most mornings, all right, I'm out here with my phone jacks, just listening to sound, just kind of waking up to that beautiful rhythmic song of my pump jacks. I mean, these, these pump jacks are so pretty, you know what I'm saying? Just pumping that oil, doing their thing, doing their thing. Got a little, got a little scotch in my coffee, so, you know, we're waking up. We're waking up. We're getting things going, okay? So... You know, it's been a little crazy here. You know, weather's weather's getting warm. It's kind of nice. You know, okay, it's getting better, getting better. You know, it's cold there for a little bit. I mean, it was it's pretty nippy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like that little Jeep ride. You know, I, I didn't like that. Yeah, it's a little too cold for me. I'll probably leave the Jeep you know, locked up in the shed next time it get that cold. I'm tell you, boy, what uh, you know, we're doing all right. We're doing all right. Lady friend and I, we was cuddling. You know, stay warm. Okay, all right. <laughs> you know, I ain't trying to get too inappropriate. You know, for your radio show or something. But, <laughs> 
You know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? No photos. We, we stayed warm. We stayed warm. So, anyhow, yeah, we're doing good. We're doing good. You know, you boys was talking about them, uh, them bourbon glasses. You know, I'm going to have to get me one of them. You know, maybe support you boys. You know, you know, I'm trying to teach you all about Texco knives. You know, <laughs> <Don't vote laughs> all that bench made talk and whatever, you know. But, uh, you know, bourbon glasses sound pretty good. You know, pretty, pretty good idea right there. You know, so, you know, you boys was asking some questions and wanted me to ask them question or whatever so let me see if i can answer a question here for you how much pork do i eat well boys you know it's south texas all right we got them groceries all right we got the pig meat all right so you know we got to go get it all right we're getting it all right but you know what i'm saying no fooling we got pork so you know yeah I eat a lot of pork you know i like it you know i like it it's good it's good so you know we do eat some beef from time to time all right you know we got a little cattle you know cows around here you know what i'm saying so uh had old fella come up the gate and he you know said oh what tip you know i lost my, lost my bull lost my bull you know if you see him on your property you know let me know I said, all right yeah yeah sure yeah no no problem no problem Ain't nobody ever seen that bull, you know what I'm saying? Right. Ain't nobody seen that bull. Ain't nobody seen. But we, yeah, we, we eat beef. Yeah, we eat beef. Yeah. So, anyhow, so that's pretty much it. You know, country boy will survive. You know, we'll be all right. So, anyway, I'm going to ask you boys a question. Okay, all right. If you had one meal to choose from, all right, just one meal. You know, maybe your last meal or maybe the only meal for the rest of your life or something goofy. All right, whatever, you know what I'm saying. But, but uh, you know, if you had one one meal, you know, what would it be? All right, you know, in my mind, this is a big, big pork chop. You know, it's gonna be a pork chop. All right, no fooling. There ain't no question about it. You know, but uh, anyhow, but what would your last meal be? All right, or or your favorite meal, or however you want to word it. You know, but uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Pretty much it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna sit here for a little bit and just kind of kind of do my little zen thing. You know, with my pump jacks, and uh, you know, we'll give you boys a call some other time. That's Harry Wood Tip Pickle Chip, and y'all have a good week. So as we were talking about uh, Wood Tip shirts or stickers, ideas or whatnot, I think it was Ian, but someone came up with a great one that was Wood Tip Pickle Chip uh, Pump Jacks, am I right? And I really <laughs> like that idea. But, yeah, no, we could put a, like, Zach could drop a pump jack and just put pump jacks, am I right? Yeah. Pump jacks, am I right? Um, so, Cam, what would your last meal, or however we, meal. Want, however we want to word it, just pick a meal? Man, I'm a wild game guy. You can't beat deep fried, just chicken fried axis or meal guy. That's, I mean, that's, those are good good answers. Yeah. I mean, truly, I love that with some gravy and just a southern meal, just baked potato and yeah, call it a day. Yeah. See, I wasn't thinking along the ideas of wild game, but what were you thinking? something that I missed because I don't know how to make it, but my mom used to make it for me like growing up is uh, like a true corned beef with like some cabbage and uh, – or collard greens. Yep. And uh, cornbread. Okay. Mm. Sounds good. What do you about you, Zach? Um, man, any kind of taco. Oh. Like, dude, I don't care. You put some trout in a taco, redfish, put venison in a taco. Man, I feel like. See, those are good answers. I just don't think it'd be like. The last one. Like, if I could never have this corned beef again, I'd cry. Oh, no. I'd eat, I'd eat a taco every single day for the rest of my life till I died. I feel you. Yeah, I could eat a pulled venison taco 
with like like all the fixes. You know, now that he says that, I could eat a Taquitos West Taco every day for the rest of my life. Right. Oh, this is true. We and could get them as sponsors so they can provide us some. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Some podcast. Some little out. I might store. have to go with Zach on the tacos, yeah, honestly. Because you get the variety. Yeah. Um, And there's so many good ways to do a taco. Also, like, I, I can also eat eggs and bacon. Would no, be this another is true. One. I'd cry if I could never have bacon again, too. Like, just staple breakfast meal. I eat it almost every day as it is. I don't foresee me stopping <laughs> yeah. anytime soon. We can tell. <laughs> you know, I, if I had a secondary, it'd probably be like sour cream chicken enchiladas with two fried eggs on top. Yeah. Ooh. Have y'all ever had I'm that? Picking at your bu- last meal has to be one of the hardest decisions. Yeah. I think I would ever have to. Yeah. Ian, what about that you? That I'd never have to make, hopefully. <laughs> Wait, what's the question? What would be your, what's your last meal slash favorite meal, you know? Like last meal, like you're, like you're getting the electric chair? Or like, <laughs> or like, like well, you're getting zapped? Or if you only had to eat one for the rest of your life. Yeah. However you want to um, think about it. Right. Glass half full, you know. Dude, I had a pheasant taco over at Joshua Creek Ranch. Shout out. It was amazing. Man, that sounds pretty good. That does sound great. I like pheasant. Yeah. I like. I haven't. Uh, controversial, but <laughs> like buffalo steak. I've had every some. time we're up in call. Every time we're up in Colorado, we we'll eat buffalo because yeah. it's hard to find. It's expensive down here. It's cheaper up there. I've had some rabbit tacos that have been good. See, tacos just are good no matter what. There's not a bad taco. What's the weirdest thing you guys have ever eaten? The weirdest. Uh, people yeah. give me a lot of looks when I say turtle stew. Yeah, yeah I've eaten frog. I've had turtle. I've eaten frog. You just got to look. Hmm, like soft shell turtle? Or do you know? I don't know. I didn't make okay. it. But yeah. it was turtle. Pretty good? In a stew. Yeah, it was real good. Any, any fishy taste or no? Uh, just enough to notice it, but not enough to care. Okay. Gotcha. Mm. I'd say lingua. Is the weirdest uh, thing. Yeah. Cow, cow term. Yeah. Yeah. I would definitely say That's like probably the I weirdest eat, thing like, I've eaten. Because I never had it until like I moved here. Yeah. Like the second stomach, the tropas. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, tropas. That texture is weird. Yeah, it's like chewy yeah. and it never yeah. stops. I will like, say if though. I tell, if I tell someone from like back home that I get a lot of weird, weird looks, but consistently when I say turtle stew, people are like, huh? Yeah, turtle stew is weird. But it's good. Yeah, it's really good. It's almost like an oyster stew, like in consistency, but it doesn't have the fishy taste that oysters hmm. give to an oyster stew. Actually, I real, don't think real sweetish. Cliff, where did you meat. have it? I actually don't think I've had turtle soup. Uh, my grandfather used to make it hmm. when we were growing up. Hmm. I my, think my I, uncle swears by it. He's from Florida. He said soft shell turtle is. Excellent. I, I guarantee you it's probably a soft shell, but I can't say for a yeah. fact. Mm. I would. It's a sweet meat almost. Yeah, tongue <laughs> is. But Taquitos West, their tacos. All their tacos are good. I would. See, I'd yeah. rather go. I'd rather go Cabeza or the Suadero over Suadero? Lingua. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All that right. means head and tongue, lingua. and shoulder. Yeah, lingua is tongue. Tropus is the second stomach of a cow. Yeah. So let me get to our questions real quick. Um, has anyone from the crew fished or been to Lake Dunlap in New Braunfels after the dam collapsed almost two years ago? No. Nope. I have. Since it collapsed? Since it collapsed, I took my raft down, little float of the new 
Guadalupe River. Uh-huh. How'd it go? It was rough. I went with um, Will, who's been on the podcast, and I went with uh, Chris, and uh, it was in, like in July or August, and it was so hot. It w- just takes it out of it. It was. It took it out of the trip. Yeah. I've heard people having really good success um, on it since the dam fell. We didn't really have the best of luck that day. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, everyone knows how fishing is. You know, it, you could go out and it could be great or, you know, you could have a rough day. And I wouldn't, you know, place your bets just because I went out one time and had a rough day because I know people that have been really successful um, out there since the dam fell. So, um how do you feel about fishing for world records? Is it ethical to keep a record fish? Oh, that's a tough question. I'm going to say, I probably have the unpopular opinion of the group and of some of our guests that we've had. I do not see a problem with keeping a fish if it's a sustainable resource and is legal. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Okay. Okay. Yeah, the and thing that, is that a lot of times record fish are outside of a slot limit. Yeah, and if it's outside of the slot limit, then, then it's yeah. still legal, so you throw it back. But no, it's, I'm never it's, going to if it's legal, I'm never going to say that someone should not keep whatever they catch. My only know? thing is that right now, like game fish are the only fish I can imagine going for like a record. You know, like a bass or um, even a red. You know what I mean? Like a lot of times, most of those fish I don't fish to keep. You know, mm-hmm. now if I caught like a world record panfish. Yeah, I'd probably keep them. You know, especially if I was out fishing for yeah, food. Yeah, I don't. I don't think anybody in the group is going to disagree with you, Cliff. On you know, if it's legal and someone wants to keep a fish, mm-hmm. you know, uh, now, I'm not going to tell someone. Time? I'm not going to tell someone they shouldn't keep a fish or give them a hard time about keeping a fish. But I also think having conversations, like maybe we did with William, about we had a big freeze that killed a lot of fish. Right. Should regulations be changed? I'm open to those conversations. And if they're not changed right now, you as an ethical person, should you limit it? You know, I'm open to those conversations, right. but if I'm out in the water with someone and they're within their rights to keep a fish, sure. I'm not going to say anything no. or give anybody a hard time about Plus, it. realistically, one dude keeping one fish is not going to do now, a huge thing, but if everybody gets out there and does it all at once. The ethical thing about world records and where this conversation could turn a little different is that with like IGFA, IGFA world records. Okay. It's size on strength of line. So, so like what's the biggest fish caught on 20 pound tests? Or 4X mm-hmm. or whatever. Or on five pound tests. Okay. So what you get into is you get into where you have really big fish on like seven, eight pound test and you have to fight that fish for eight hours and then you can't keep it like a tarpon you can't keep a tarpon right so you fight a tarpon on eight pound test and because the test is so light it takes you eight hours to land that fish that and then harm. you're releasing it is that ethical yeah. you can be your own moral judge um but you know i have seen you know there are statistics out there of people like releasing bonefish and stuff, and after they're released after a long fight, they're you know dead. They're dead. Yeah. And uh, they're 
rate of being killed by an- other animals goes up like 30 or 40%. Because they're just exhausted. After they've been on a long fight. Yeah. And so there are statistics out there, you know, if it's legal, I'm never going to personally tell you that you shouldn't do something. Right. But you should think about these things yourself and uh, and and consider them whenever you're out fishing. So, um, anyway, that's what I'm going to say about yeah. that. Yeah. Everyone agree? That's disagree? I, I agree. Another thing that. to add. Another thing to add too. You know, like bass fishing. I, you know, we had Lake Ivy, which is near San Angelo. Man, they're pulling some bulls out of there mm-hmm. i mean some monsters like 12 13 14 pound bass um all share lunkers and i don't know if y'all are familiar with what share lunker does um what they do is texas parks and wildlife will take that fish in and they'll actually breed that fish so that they can get they those get genetics out so that's another way to look at it too you can better the genetics of the fishery Mm-hmm. right by Get bigger fish for everybody that's right just in general and and so and you've got a lot of the technology now too with measuring and taking pictures i mean I gosh you l- can get a i think a lot of replica sports, made i think a lot of sportsmen and women <clears throat> would take that same sentiment of this is a awesome fish or whatever genetically i want more of this like it in the ecosystem and would probably donate it, but I think it is up to that sportsman or sportswoman for sure to decide mm-hmm. that, not for, for sure. me to poo-poo them for deciding that. For sure. by no it. means am I against it. I'm That's not against thing. it. If you're out there though, and you're you know you catch a fish of a lifetime, and you're thinking, man. I just want to put this thing back and let it go out there and keep going doing its thing. That's up to you, mm-hmm. right? But I'm I'm with you, Landon. I would never tell somebody within their legal right whether they should or shouldn't keep a fish. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, and I would just question whether you should be trying to catch, like, a 30-pound rainbow on, like, two-pound test. Um, 7X tip it, baby. (laughs) 8.5X tip it. Because you still want to be ethical no matter what. Yeah. Um, just, Just think about that and what it could potentially do. And, you know, it's almost worse to not keep the fish if you're just going to release it and it's going to die. I'd rather you keep that fish and have it for food right. than to release a fish that's going to die. And Yeah, and if you need a recipe, just reach out. We'll give you one. <laughs> I like it. So um, another question was to remelt or buy, and then I asked for a follow-up because I didn't know what he meant. Remelt or buy, like, ice? Um, Water? Is remelting old soft plastics better than going and buying new ones and pros and cons of it? Now, I'm going to – I don't really fish soft plastics. I did growing up. Um, I'm really not an expert on this. Me either. I would say just off the cuff and thinking about this over the last hour since I saw this question, um, I would Is think – Is it a re- new listener or a I, I don't know. Listener? I don't know. Um, I would say that, you know, recycling is a good thing. Yep. And I don't know how colors keep and stuff like that, but if you have a bunch of soft plastics, they're a certain color, you melt them down, you're getting the same color back, getting the shape that you want or, you know, whatever. I would say that's probably a net benefit. That's probably some sort of satisfaction with being like, hey, I melted this. Or, even, you know, maybe combine your own. Yeah, I know some people have. Creating your own fly. Some people created their own, have created their own molds. For sure. And stuff like that. So it's kind of like, you know, fly tying um, equivalent. 
Um, yeah, I'm going to defer this and say that's really a personal opinion. Uh, off the cuff, I would probably agree that recycling it and is always better. Remaking, if you can use it again, it's always better. Yeah, good, uh, well, that's the issue. Like, no, no matter what side of the political aisle you're you're leaning up on, uh, I think everyone agrees that like back in the old days, people bought stuff that lasted. Yeah. And repurposed it, and if it got a hole, they it, fixed it, right? Than versus like, then throwing it away. And I see this as kind of being that same argument. You have soft plastics now; they're kind of torn up from fish teeth or whatever hooks going through them, getting hung up on something. Now using it to, if you have the ability to remelt and redo your own, I see that as a being a net benefit mm-hmm, for, for you sure. and the environment. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say never buy new soft plastics. No, no nobody remake is. Your, remake your own. I I'm buy just flies. Saying, I don't tie all my own flies. Yep. Right. You know? So I think that's going to be up to the listener to decide what he thinks is his his or her best course of action. Yeah, um, last question. I think this is more of a hot take. Girdle bug is more consistent and functional than a San Juan worm. Yeah, look at what a girl bug is again. Girl bug, Pat's rubber legs. Oh, turd. Uh, you know what? Yeah, I'll hop on that train. I've had more luck on a Pat's rubber leg than I do on. Uh, I'm gonna say it depends on the fishery. Same here. It I like, really, I'm gonna no, say it depends on the fishery. I don't. I don't have confidence with the San Juan worm. But I have confidence in the Pat's rubber leg. Now, and I have more confidence with an egg pattern than I do with. Now, I'll use the Pat's rubber leg with the egg pattern. Me too. Now, but every I'll, time I'll, I throw in a San Juan. I will agree. I yeah. will agree with you that I have more confidence in a Pat's rubber leg, mm-hmm. but I do not have any statistical data or anything to say that I believe well, it's more confidence is half the key in fishing, it really right? Is. But I, I don't think that I could definitively say that it's better than a San Juan worm. Mm-hmm. No, I, I think that that's I would going say, to be. I would say too. San Juan worm is like the traditional tied-on chenille. I don't know if he meant like squirmy worm in the conversation because say, squirmy, worm, squirmy worm. I think probably a lot of people are taking thinking squirmy worm because San Juan worm is tied on like red or pink chenille or brown or whatever color. It's relatively short. Compared it's relatively to, short. It's more stiff material. Less action. Yeah. Less action. Squirmy yeah. worm is like rubbery. A noodle yeah. and just see. I think like a it's, a wa- it's like a wacky weight. I think wacky, what you should do ra- wacky rig. Yeah. It's a wacky, wavy, inflatable, arm-failing tube man for a fly. Yeah. Best dance moves <laughs> on the corner. Um, I think... I, go ahead. I'm going to do a hot take and say that your best setup is going to be Pat's rubber legs, okay. squirmy worm, uh-huh. with a dropped hook with a scented egg from Bass Pro Shop. <laughs> uh, yeah. You heard it here first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to say... Do you want to catch check fish, your, that's how to do it. Check your regulations, folks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say I do way better on a squirmy worm than I do on a girdle bug or really? pass Really? Okay. Yeah. Squirmy worm all day, every day. Now, also... A girdle bug, Pat's Arbor Legs, is one of my top five flies. Yeah. But Squirmy Worm is higher on that list right. than a girdle bug. So um, if I had to, if I was going fish and I had to pick one of the two, Squirmy Worm is going on first. Really? I have more confidence in it. Yeah. Hey, let's take a break and start this next whiskey review. Okay. All right. Because we're sitting all, all sitting here with whiskey in our glasses, a new whiskey in our glasses and continuing. So, um, yeah, that's all of our questions. Ian, did you have a comment you wanted to add before we move on? 
Nope, all good. Okay. Cam, any opinions on scrimmy worm or girdle bug? I've had luck with both, and I, I like them both. I'm mm-hmm. a big fan of fishing a drop. A like drop a egg, rig. Yeah. yeah, and using using the girdle bug as your your main is your, is your yeah, main or your yeah. attracting I'm a big, factor. Yeah, I'm a big fan of that. But, Same. Uh, Put some garlic scented salmon <laughs> egg. <laughs> I've had great success with both. Yeah. Cool. All right. So Cam brought some more whiskey. We're gonna do like. I just want to point two. out too the shape of this bottle is really intriguing to me. Because happy. Have you ever seen? Uh, did y'all watch Monty Python and the Holy Grail? Yeah. You know when they throw the grenade at the rabbit? Mm-hmm. This is what it reminds <laughs> me of. <laughs> if it was a cross <laughs> on top instead of the horse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It does replicate a, a So uh, this is a whiskey we've talked about a mm-hmm. lot. Have you ever had it before? I have. Yep. It's one of my favorites. Yeah, it's very um, good. It's very hard to find. Yes. Um, we're super grateful that Cam brought yes, this, thank so you. thank you. Happy to do it, yeah. And um, we are drinking Blanton's now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. Age? What do you so? In the whiskey world, there's a big group of people that say Blanton's is overrated. And you owning a bottle and drinking it, what would your opinion be? For those that say that, I could tell you that. Those same people like Pappy Van Winkle. I would say Pappy Van Winkle's overrated. That is not. That is a great whiskey. Yeah. In mm. my in my opinion. I really like your accent. <laughs> <laughs> What's cool too on these tops we for people that friends. collect them. Uh huh. You see the B right there. Yes. Okay. So the horse starts off at a standstill, mm-hmm. and it'll spell out Blanton's, and the horse finishes off running. So it goes into a cadence of trotting, and then it finishes running. So if you get the whole I kit, you, you get have the whole all kit, of You watch it. I is it random draw? Is walking. Yeah, see the yeah. B? I think that's a... Is that yeah, a B? Yeah, it's a B. Yeah. Wait, so where's the B at? So right it's here. right there at that back foot. I really like the, the uh, core of this. It's, it's solid. And going back to the Blands thing, I really like Blands. I've heard people argue that, oh, it's overrated. But again, you know, whiskey is something that certain people like. But I think... People don't like the hype around it and how hard it is to find and how much bottles are going for on the black market mm. as opposed to the whiskey so itself. That- it's not probably it's probably overrated for a three hundred dollar bottle, which I you know, I have seen for sale. That's but a hundred dollar bottle. Hundred eighty dollars yeah. at specs if you can find it retail, it's an yep. eighty dollar bottle. See, all I hear when people based off of what you just said, all I hear when people say it's overrated is that they can't find it and they're tired of looking. I so think they're trying to justify honestly it in their to mind. call yeah. some people out. That's why I tell myself, yeah, like, yeah, like, hey, everything but Jack Daniels is overrated. Jack Daniels is a good whiskey for what it is. I like though. Jack. Yeah. I, I think, think whiskey too, though, is like a people have palates for wines and stuff. For sure. I think, I mean, everybody's got different tastes yeah. for things yeah. and, and things that they're keen on and what they like. So, how did you get this bottle? That was actually. I mean, a if it's total, not podcast appropriate, don't say. Yeah, there are certain things that can are. Can I mention where I got it? Yeah, sure. Oh, okay, I yeah. got it from Total Wine. Yeah. Now I actually got another recent bottle from a local um, spot near, just a really small kind of a hole in the wall liquor store, but he happens to know a lot of guys higher up. He's got like five or six liquor stores here in town, and he gets allocation okay uh, on rare stuff. So I've become kind of his a good customer repeat yeah. customer so i'll ask every time hey you got any special stuff coming in and in fact the funny thing the other day i was in there and 
said that and um she's like well we've got some blantons coming in tomorrow and i was like oh awesome i pulled out my <laughs> money can i go ahead and put a deposit on it i'll i'll come back and pick it up no we already had five people try to buy it. i said will you please call the owner he knows me okay she picks up the phone i was like hey it's, it's camden <laughs> sure enough she walked to the back, came back up. I was like, I thought you said it was going to be, be here tomorrow. Uh-huh. She's like, well, I didn't want you to ambush me for it. <laughs> so, so she brought it out. So, so. let me ask you this. That's With awesome. them spelling yeah. out Blanton's, are you trying to get a whole collection? I am. I think that'd be cool. Yeah. I think it would be too. Be cool. How and many I, do you I have? Like I have two. Yeah, two. I have a B and a T. Okay. It's a Yeah. Those last two <laughs> letters are going to be... Yeah, Nightmare. it's it's like McDonald's when you were trying to put together the, the Inspector Gadget toy or yeah, whatever. You yeah, yeah. you didn't know what was going to be in your Happy Meal. That's kind of what you get here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the benefit is at least you can like walk up to it and be like, oh, "I already got a B. I don't need that bottle." Now, would you would you <laughs> yeah. be open to trading someone else for other ones, or yeah. do you want to draw them on your own bottles? Well, you know what? That's a good question. I think it'd That's mean more part. if you it, drew it all yourself. It would. You're going to have to get through 100 bottles to get through that <laughs> last <laughs> No, not necessarily. If he keeps his eye open and knows yeah. what he has, like he's trying to spell it out. He's like, all right, no, I got the B. I don't need another B. Yeah, but are you going to turn really down a bottle? Yeah, why would you forego a bottle? Yeah. Would you I'm, I'm just bottle? saying you don't have to go through 100 bottles. Mm, sure. You sure. do. You only have to go through one, two, three, four, five, six, seven bottles Yeah, to get the whole thing. And the thing. running one. Right, that's apparently no, that, the official bourbon the, of the Ken- that would be Kentucky the Derby. Mm. Gotcha. Tom, hence the horses. And maybe if yeah. you went to the Kentucky Derby, you'd find them all day long and be like, "Oh, I already got the whole Blanton. I even, <laughs> I even spelled I'm other words." Seven hundred dollars. <laughs> now I'm just buying to make my own words. <laughs> well, I heard it's that like <laughs> whiskey Scrabble. <laughs> <laughs> Someone told me that Blanton's is uh, just has allocation to like Costco in California, and you can just. No kidding. Yeah, yeah. He's it's just Texas doesn't get a lot of allocation, uh, and that's the problem here. I think there's other places that just they're used to it. The allocation, Make they just. Money. I got yeah. a sister in California. We can we can work some magic. Okay, she okay. has a Costco membership. <laughs> well, <laughs> tell you what, we need to hit that up. <laughs> I'll get her to send you a Blanton bottle of whiskey, and I'll get her to send me a dollar fifty hot dog and Pepsi. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. So whiskey is really good. Yes. One of my favorites. Uh, your guys' it. opinion? I'm going to say it. No, it is really good. Yeah. One of this, I had the first time I had this, um, uh, I went, I took some guys in from Kentucky on a uh, pheasant hunting and fly fishing trip October two years ago. And they brought a couple bottles. Okay. And oh, we'd awesome. sit on the out on the porch at night, smoke cigars and drink some wine. And I'll try worst night. That's a night right there. Yeah, that's right. a night. I'd bring a flask. Yeah. You know? Just just a little bit. Just to keep you warm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, just to not keep you dangerous, warm. Not dangerous. Not dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> now we're hunting now with guns, but <laughs> just a tidbit. Just yeah. Tidbit. Absolutely. Um cool. So we should probably get into our articles, and we should probably zoom through them pretty quick. Yeah. So mine's really short. Mine's not bad. I will go first. All right. Wait. Wait. Can I go first? I call dibs. Dang it. <laughs> well, now it's just going to be a random. Who's going first? 
did that on purpose, Zach. <laughs> All right, on patrol. Sharpshooting Kansas game warden uses gun to free two deer entangled oh, by horns. This. this story's not important. Let me go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> this is from... Is this the one where he did it with a rifle or a pistol? Because there was two. Cairo 7 News. I don't remember where this is from. Probably some local Kansas stations where I found this. Uh, I you know You know how I find my articles? I type in Game Warden News in Google, and then I automatically go to page 10 because all the good stuff is buried. And then I start scrolling. I start at 10 and then start scrolling until I find something I like. So, uh, sharpshooting Kansas Game Warden shot off a piece of a horn and freed a pair of deer Thursday that had locked antlers, saving them from what could have been an excruciating death. Uh, There's actually a video of this that you guys can watch. I'm sure if you just Google... Sharpshooting Kansas Game Warden uses a gun to free two deer entangled by horns. Uh, you will find the video. Um, That's uh, probably the only result if you Google that. Yes. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> just, to, just to throw that out there. Um, two Game Wardens Depends responded. Depends on where you're Googling it, though. <laughs> two Game Wardens responded after a bow hunter had spotted the deer entangled with entangled hordes. He called, uh, the bow hunter had called the Game Wardens. Um, they didn't know how long the Bucks have been struggling, but in the video you can see that they have a lot of energy as a game warden tries to approach them. They like freak out and they're rolling all over the ground. So what he does is he throws a blanket over their head so they can't really see what's happening, mm-hmm. pulls out his pistol, uh, Old West style, you know, aims, fires, breaks the antler, doesn't shoot a deer. And the deers come apart, one with a broken antler, and they run off their certain ways. Wow. It's one of the coolest. Like, yeah. the confidence you have to have. And they weren't still either. No, they're fighting. They're, they were, like, covered with a blanket, and they weren't, like, not moving a lot. But it wasn't – I mean, I wouldn't do that. Definitely bold. a deer would have been dead if yeah. I was – in that situation, that's just bold, or though. Two it's deer. just bold, or, yeah. yeah, or two. It's just <laughs> the first one. You get away with it if you're a game warden. My license. Yeah. yeah, well, if you're a game warden, you can get away with it, like Cam yeah. said. Um, and I guess Cliff said there was another one where he one shot it with a rifle, which I would think would be even harder. Yeah, yeah. So that's on patrol this week, I guess. Cliff, since you're got a hey, hole in your pocket to get your article done, I'm excited to hear about your your. Your article. Are you ready? Yeah. I got an article. <laughs> no, I do. Um, so, as of yesterday, I put it in the group message and I also shared it on our Honey Hole uh, Instagram story. There's been a mule deer in Lubbock County who has been identified to have CWD. So, I did a little research on it today. Um, to find out a little bit more. Quick breakdown for those who don't know, CWD. CWD is a chronic is chronic wasting disease. And I believe, based off of my research today, which I don't know what I said in the past when we uh, first started doing it, the first case actually kind of came out in Colorado. Which Not is, like Wisconsin, is that what we said? Yeah, but this is just based off of something I read today on Google. So I don't know how... What they were talking about, first case, like... First case in Colorado potential, or first case? Exactly. I don't know what they're talking about, patient zero in it. Um, 
but I did see that today. Um, but that was not the rabbit trail I was wanting to go down on. Uh, no, but chronic wasting disease is a disease that deer can that get. cervids get. So cervids. any type of deer, uh, elk type animals can get this disease. And what it is is it's a neuro- neurological prion, which is a misfold in the in a prion in the brain, causing it to essentially kind of waste away. It stops eating. It gets really frothy. It's similar to mad cow, correct? Correct. Yeah. Um, or mad cow was a prion as well. Yeah. Um, but it is a neurological disease. Uh, it is 100% fatal in any cervid that gets it. It's, it's a death sentence, but how long that takes, that varies depending on where you're looking at. Oh, oh, every least. every animal's gonna die. Well, yeah, but but like some animals, not from some animals might be a month, some might be a year. Right. It it, it really, I've seen conflicting uh, opinions on how long it takes from contracting CWD to death. But everything that gets CWD dies from CWD dies from best that they can tell at this moment. Yeah. All right, to the article. All right, so to kind of put a. A background to the story. Last night I was... You're sitting up really high now and it's making me nervous. Uh, to he's put a, he's to, greeting you. I know. To uh, put a background to the story. Yesterday... Yesterday I saw this on uh, Instagram where a uh, free-range mule deer had tested positive for CWD in Lubbock County, which would be the first case of CWD in Lubbock County. So making on our last time that I talked about CWD, I think I said there were eight counties, making this the ninth one that I know of off the top of my head. Ninth county in Texas. Right, in Texas. Um, So I'm going to start going into it, and this is pulled from a variety of different sources a little bit to kind of create my own article, but a lot of it comes from TPWD in themselves. So, chronic wasting disease, CWD, has been discovered in a free-ranging eight-and-a-half-year-old mule deer. So, I feel like that's fairly old, like decent age. Mm -hmm. I don't know the average lifespan of a mule deer off the top of my head, but I feel like that's little older in Lubbock County making the first positive detection of the disease in the county in coordination with Texas Animal Health Commission TAHC Texas Parks and Wildlife Department TPWD is working to develop a containment and surveillance zone for the area the tissue sample was gathered as part of a routine deer mortality surveillance and reviled to presence of CWD during testing in the Texas A&M Veterinary Medical Diagnostic Lab- Laboratory uh, in College Station on February 26th. So this was gathered a week-ish or so ago. Um, although this is going to be a quote from Jen Shavasky of Wildlife Division D- Director of TPWD. Although a new CWD discovery is always concerning, it is important to realize that CWD is still not widespread in Texas. Wildlife, uh, or this year, the work 
and vigilance of our staff and partners and to help and the help of hunters and land landowners continue to be well worth the effort. It remains vital that we keep on task, protect our native deer, which are important for our outdoor heritage and economic and the economy across our state. During this sampling season, TPWD collected more than 13,000 samples across the state and confirmed CWD in 11 free-range mule deer and 5 whitetail deer, all in a previously identified containment or surveillance zone zones. CWD it was first recognized in 1967 in a captive mule deer in Colorado. CWD has also been documented in captive and or free-ranging deer in 26 states and three Canadian provinces. In Texas, the disease was first discovered in 2012 in free-ranging mule deer along remote areas of the Huco Mountains, H-U-E-C-O Mountains, Hueco Hueco Mountains, uh, near the Texas-New Mexico border and has since been detected in... 213 white-tailed deer, mule deer, red deer, and elk mm. in the mm. state. So the the first thing that was concerning to me when I first saw it, which doing a little research kind of put my concerns to rest on it, was uh, that it was found in a free-ranging deer. Now, based off of my research, because I kind of, I don't know, I don't know Jack about, mule deer throwing that out there but doing some basic research their range goes from anywhere of montana down into mexico and on average the average distance traveled by a free-ranging mule deer during its migration path because it is a migrating animal is roughly about 250 ish miles so not terrible, but it's still a wide range. My fear on it, when I first saw a free-range deer having CWD, is how far has it traveled? Has this spread anywhere else or anything like that? Because I originally thought that it was only going to be maybe small numbers in free-range, like wild deer, uh, but probably predominantly in captive deer herds in the state. Finding out after doing research that the first one was a free-range mule deer as well kind of put my mind at ease that it's something that we need to continue to look into, watch, monitor, but not something to freak out about mm-hmm. in the state. And right I know now. TPWD is putting in a huge effort into CWD. Yes, and we did. We have done a podcast in the past over CWD. In where more we go, detail. Yeah, where we go into more detail about what it is and what Texas Parks and Wildlife stance on it and the things that they do to control it. Um, but with that coming out, I think the article, I don't know if it was just being hypersensitive on it, but it did like, well, what does this mean for the state now that it's a free-ranging deer? Is that going to make it spread more rampantly across the state? And I don't think that it mm. is. I think that some more will come out that have it, but I don't think it's something that we're going to be like Wisconsin in the next two years. Mm-hmm. Cool. Thanks, Cliff. Ian, 
What do you got for us this week? Wait, wait, yeah, we got to play a thing? Yeah, ready? wait. Wait. Okay, apparently in the 40s, the Idaho Department of Wildlife wanted to move rodents and beavers and wasn't sure what to do. So the State Department of Fish and Game was like, let's go ahead and parachute these things into different areas. And so they got up in a plane, put the beavers in boxes, secured parachutes, probably left over from World War II, and threw them into the Frank Church River uh, in the No Return Wilderness area. And apparently recently they just found the footage. Like 2015, someone was going through a box and was like, what the heck? <laughs> wow. So, there is footage of that that they they think they're not a hundred percent sure, but you can watch it if you go to theGuardian.com. Yeah, people parachuted rodents. So, <laughs> oh, that's awesome. My that's imagination cool. was that the beavers were wearing the parachutes, but I think it was just like an animal box. It would be cooler if they were wearing a parachute. It would be so. Some, can you imagine being the guy like sitting around at the you know Department of Game and Fish and being like, man, we need to move those beavers. Like, so, dude, what if we just put parachutes on those? Things? I wonder if the like the box like, like opened. No, it did. It so, landed on the ground. So as Ian said, I was the one who sent him this article um, this week from the Guardian. Yeah, and uh, or told him the idea and told him to research it. But I did a little research on my own, and what I found is they boxed them up. And it was a lot of, they did some females, they did some males, and uh, they would box them in their own, like, individual box or so, and have a parachute on it and just kind of push them out of the back of, or the side back of a plane. It'd go down, and as soon as the box hit, doors on the front and back end just drop down, and away goes Mr. Beaver to find love to create dams and dam up the Yes, to create, that's mm-hmm. it. Yes. Cool. Thanks for bringing so, that article, Ian. That's awesome. Thanks sorry, for doing the main research on it. No, no, you're good. Um, Zach, I think you're we're ready. Cliff. I think ready? we're ready for Creature Watch. All right, guys. I got a short one this week. But uh, I do have a question for you guys. Would you rather me read the original letter from the time in an old voice? Or would you guys rather me just summarize it at some point? Read the no, original read in an letter old-timey voice. in an old-timey right. voice. Well, I got to set up then. So, I bring you the story of the Gatlinburg Witch. I've heard of this. The Gatlinburg Witch. Yeah, there wasn't actually a ton of information yeah. about her online. Uh, it's one of those things that a bunch of people talk about, like but in heard, Gatlinburg and around the, the Smoky Mountains. I heard it pronounced another way. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> 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 so... As legend goes, a woman was about to be married, but her fiance died on the wedding day. And this is how um, every horror story always has to start this way. So, being completely distraught, she uh, died by suicide. Now, uh, during her life, she completely loved birds and felt totally like in tune with the nature of birds and felt connected to them. So. As it goes, when do you guys think the first sighting of the switch was? Ooh. When were the, Sal- when were the Sa- Salem witch trials? 1600s. Yeah. 1600s. Wow, that far back? Yeah. yeah. Wow. I, I went through a phase. I was there. thinking about <laughs> <laughs> You I really went through a phase. Salem witch trials. <laughs> I went through a phase there for like a little bit where like I'd get hooked on like one thing in history and like 
and this wasn't too long ago, uh, where I like researched all these like weird topics in history. So like, I started out with like Chernobyl, and found like this docu series on HBO Max, which was great. And I turned Landon on to it. And then the next one that I did was the Salem Witch Trials, trying to learn up a little bit about that. There's no so, good shows on it. I'm gonna uh, say 1650 then. Okay. 1680. Okay, Cliff. What do you think? I also got on Google Maps and went to Salem. <laughs> Cliff, on Google what do you think? And like found like <laughs> all right, Ian. What do you think? What year? Stuff. Man, let's go with uh, let's go with 1840. Okay, I'm going to say that y'all are. Y'all said 1600s, which I'm going to say is wrong. Okay. Because. <laughs> Cliff, I just needed a year. We're running t- out of time. T- Tennessee wasn't a state yet. So I think that Ian's probably <laughs> closer. So what what year did you say, Ian? He's at 1840. I'm 1840. Go- I feel like you're about right. I'm going to say 1842. Ooh. It's uh, 1815. No, come on, man. 1815. So, Ian, you're the closest. Man. So 1815, right? The first sighting. Now, there was this man, he went out and saw it, and uh, his family didn't believe him, right? So, a few years later, uh, so Jeremiah was the man who originally saw him. A few years later, Samuel. Sounds like a a guy's name who would see a witch. Right, Jeremiah? (laughs) Jeremiah. Jeremiah. And we got Samuel, right? Uh, So, Samuel, uh, two years later, is out turkey hunting, right? And he sees the witch. And he felt so bad for the way he treated Jeremiah. He wrote Jeremiah this letter, uh, which is what people did in the 1800s, right? Write people letters. He didn't text him. No, nope, not text him. <laughs> no. He didn't aim him. <laughs> so I'll, uh, I'll read a couple bits. Uh, I don't read the whole thing. It is a little long, but that's why I just want to read like a paragraph here and there. So he says, uh, Dear Jeremiah, it seems I owe your father an apology. I'm going to do Cliff's accent and try it. <laughs> Regionalist. <laughs> uh, when he came back from the Smokies, muttering those tales about a horrible witch, I called him mad. Yet here I stand, haunted by that same witch that he spoke of all those years ago. You're a madman! <laughs> um, he says that she has fair skin, her hair was the color of the sun, and I'm ashamed to admit my reasons for staying there were lucrous, for she, no wore, fur- she wore no furs. So... He's, you know, out there turkey hunting, finding a naked witch in the woods. So, oh, I was just thinking maybe she was wearing silk or cotton or something. All right, now if you do have young people in the car listening, the next paragraph is a little weird because this witch is a little, you know, does he describe her a little bit? Uh, skip, so, skip the paragraph then. The we gotta know this is whole her whole thing. Okay. So, the maid waded to the edge where her cloak was and pulled a knife from the folds. Before her eyes, she traced the blade along her arm and started to slice her own arm. And as she did this, a bird popped out of the skin and flew into the sky. So, she started cutting herself all over the place. And as she does, more and more birds are popping out, flying around, flying to the sky. Uh, meanwhile, Samuel is just like freaking out. Uh, so he said he could stand it no more, forgot all about the turkey and ran. He ran all the way. He ran all the way back to town. He prayed that what he's seen was a falsehood or some madness, uh, brought by exhaustion. But alas, it was not. You mean exhaustion? Yeah. He spelled it exhaustion. (laughs) 
<laughs> what type, does it say what type of birds they were? Were they game birds? <laughs> it was a giant turkey. The uh, turkeys were coming yeah, out of her arm. Turkey. Uh, no, it doesn't say. It just says bird. Chucker. Chucker were coming out of her arm. Uh, some people say it's uh, crows. Some people say ravens. Uh, we so, don't have ravens in that part of the country. It'd well, have to be crows. I don't know. What do you say? You're too tied to the details, Cliff. The devil's in the details. You, you didn't like throw a fit over the witch part, but you're throwing a fit over what birds came <laughs> yeah, out of right. her. You know, the, the witch cutting birds out of her skin. You're like, no, nah, it's normal. You know? <laughs> I don't know that much about witches. Like, uh-huh. witches do weird things, man. They eat children who, <laughs> they feed candy to children to fatten them up and bull them. Uh, <laughs> that's going to be the title. Witches that's going to be the title. bird blood. Uh, uh, Brandon, so, use that as the title. Like, I don't know that much about witches, but <laughs> <laughs> with Camden. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean that's it. Uh, people see the witch every now and then. They say that the birds are attacking them based on what the witch tells them to do. Um, like, so there's not a lot about it, but I did think it was interesting that. Now birds... I've been to Gatlinburg many times, uh-huh. and the Me only too. thing I've ever seen or got in Gatlinburg was a buzz. Yeah. No witches. <laughs> I'm in the no witches. Heard it, didn't see no witches. Hey man, but that's like Blair Witch Country up there. Yeah. I could see it. Was that, it? I figured Blair Witch was like New England. Oh, it's might been have forever. Been. I don't know. Since I've seen yeah, it. but you just go to the wood. Oh no, the Bell Witch. Oh man, I don't want to talk about the Bell Witch. It's born in that area. Freak you out. Like well, Bell Mountain area of like Tennessee. Exactly. The Bell Witch of Tennessee. Man, oh, I got to do that next week. Oh, mm. scary. Dude, I have a. We could do a little subset of Creature Watch gr- of like just five witches. weeks of witches. <laughs> I have a great like off roading story for like Bell Mountain area of North Georgia, Tennessee. <laughs> oh, yeah. We got to talk about it. We'll save it for another podcast. We no, got to keep moving. It's not that interesting. So that was the Gatlinburg Witch, guys. If you see somebody cutting up with their arm and letting birds fly out, I'd run. Forget or about have the turkey. Like at least number six shot shell. And <laughs> yeah, all right. I mean, could see be, where they're shooting out. Could be dove, <laughs> quail. Never know. You never know. All right. So, uh, Cam, before we start chatting with you, does every, did everyone finish their whiskey? Because you also brought one other beverage that we've never reviewed on the podcast. Yes. Yeah. Zach, are you done with your whiskey? That. Oh, not yet. Great cookie, by the way. Yeah, I like the cookie. Thanks, Cliff, guys. will you grab enough. that beautiful green bottle? This guys, I don't know if I'm going to finish the, the whiskey before we get to that. So this is this Honey is, Hole. There's two firsts that are happening right now. This is the first time that we have reviewed tequila. Mm-hmm. Cam is also the first person to be interviewed in a suit on our podcast. Yeah, he's doing. He's doing also all of us. He's he dressed up for us. He's just living a good life over there. <laughs> Full disclosure: I uh, work in a suit. So, <laughs> oh yeah, that smells like tequila. <laughs> this one's called Abandonado, and I don't know anything about tequila. So, as much information so as like you want to tell me, abandon all your ambitions. So, I had a great, really one of my best friends. He turned me on to this. He um, he bought this for my birthday years back. We kind of we need cr- some limes and salt. We got no. This is not the kind of not tequila. That kind. No, not that you don't. Have. No, no, no. Hey, I'm gonna this? grab another glass real quick. But um, this is this is a great sipping tequila. But uh, me and a buddy, really good friend of mine. Every time it's our birthday, we kind of go back and forth of giving each other a new tequila. Mm-hmm. 
amongst other things. And so we always try them with each other and, um, you know, yeah, there, it's, it's an añejo. So añejo is, uh, understood to be aged over in a year, mm-hmm. um, in the barrel. So they don't, you don't really age tequilas for much longer than three years when you get into the extra añejo and things of mm-hmm. that nature. So, and so is a great sipping one. And for those that are listening to, um, if you do like tequila, and you've never tried this, uh, pour it over ice. And I like to grate fresh cinnamon stick, cinnamon, over it. I feel like doing mm. a zest of lime would probably pop. Whatever your flavor is, that's, I mean. It is. I don't like lime in this type of tequila. It is a 100% de agave, which means 100% of agave. It's hey. about all the Spanish I hey, know. you're learning. Um, forty percent alcohol by volume, eighty proof. Product of Mexico, as uh, Peggy Hill would say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what she would say. Um. Oh, someone pointed out, and I'm going back to wood tips. I'm sorry, I'm jumping around, but someone pointed out to me that wood tip reminded uh, them of Dale from King of the Hill. I get that. No. Dude, that was me. Oh. I said we should make some wood tip shirts. Yeah. And then put Dale's face on them? No, we can't. That'd no, I know we can't do that. But we'll do something like that. But uh, let me try this. And also, when I said that wood tip was like Dale, that was a compliment. <laughs> Just so people know. This episode is brought to you by the NHL on TNT. When it comes to hockey, The Stanley Cup playoffs are built different. Experience the intensity and insanity on the ice and off it. From now through June on TNT and TBS. Get ready for seven game rounds of knockdowns, dragouts, pressure, and agony as teams go head-to-head without ever letting up. The Stanley Cup playoffs are known for more than just a few cracked ribs and black eyes. Pushing through the pain is the name of the game. With so much edge-of-your-seat action, you'll refuse to shave or change your jersey. Don't say we didn't warn you. Ready to feel the rush? Watch the Stanley Cup playoffs now on TNT and CBS. This episode is brought to you by Cox Contour TV. Sometimes it's hard to decide what to watch, but Cox Contour TV helps make that decision easier. Enjoy live TV, on-demand programs, DVR recordings, and music all in one place. And only with the sound of your voice with the Contour Voice Remote. Plus, catch the golf and basketball action you've been waiting for on the Contour Sports app. Learn more at coxcox.com slash contour. Mm. Whoa. So we're drinking this without ice. Some people, I like it with ice, but I can drink it. Ring. That is crazy. I would say, I would okay. say just a zest or a lime wedge. I could do it with a piece of lime ice. Wedge. But this is really good what even without think? ice. It's this smooth, is right? Smooth. Yeah. Wow. I'm like, I'm I seriously could drink this impressed. every day. Is this a hard bottle to find? Not at all. I would put this. Not at all. I would give it a five on the tequila honey hole. Are we going to switch to a tequila? Oh. I mean, we are South Texas. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I've got plenty of recommendations. I mm. I love tequila. 
You that know who's good. a you know who's a big tequila friend in our friend group? Mm. Greg. Mm. I could see that. Greg is a huge tequila fan. Mm. He does. I think yeah. everyone's a fan of tequila. Maybe for some different reasons, but mm-hmm. right. But well, it's they, oh, they it's have a, that one song about it. They do. Yeah. That, There's many songs about it. I think, but mm-hmm. it's an yeah, overlooked uh, liquor. I mean, people think of tequila. They think margaritas, Margarita. or they think shots. Um, you flash back to the college times. You think of the nasty like shot where you had to close your eyes. It's the one you that's take not when this. you want to black no. out. But this no. is this <laughs> that's is not this. That's not this. No. This is really good. This it goes down smooth. So, um, first thing before we get into your elk hunt, you had a Neil guy hunt scheduled. Yes, but for South Texas, for South Texas, for South yeah. Texas, yeah. But snow apocalypse canceled that. Yes, so um, we were supposed to go hunt on the Frank Uteria Ranch, which actually borders the King Ranch. It's um, there's separate parts of the ranch, is my understanding. But the part that we were hunting on was a ten thousand acre sec- section mm-hmm. that borders directly the King Ranch plethora nil guy down there um anyways we didn't have work from monday through thursday as probably most of texas didn't Mm -hmm. um so um i was supposed to leave out friday and then come back tuesday well it being the end of the month in my industry that i work in i didn't want to leave the team behind and um had issues at home we still didn't have water my uncle didn't have water which was part of our trip um and then his buddy up there in Dallas um, runs an insurance business. They didn't have uh, water and electricity mm-hmm. so at his three different offices. So it was just kind of a perfect storm of, guys, we may need to regroup and, and replan this trip. Um, and I also kind of felt bad for all these animals because, you know, the Neil guy, um, and there was other animals and exotics too, mm-hmm. as you guys know, that, that uh, didn't weather the storm, obviously. Um, he said he, they have like a full circle that they can drive around the ranch pretty quickly um, on that 10,000 acres. They counted 100 nil guy dead. dead. Wait, how many? 100. Oh, my God. On this 10,000 acre ranch. And that's just driving on an outer do road. They, do they think all the nil guy died or have they no. seen some alive? They've seen them alive. Okay. Um, but, I mean, those coastal ranches have no cover. There I was mean, they really don't. Mm-hmm. There were some stories minimal. that I was reading where like the Neil guy, they would actually come up to like if it was a ranch house on the property with like no gate separate or fence separation, they would come up and lay on tile like on the patios of these houses because that tile warms up quicker in order to stay warm. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's crazy. So think of you come downstairs or whatever look out your living room window and there's a nil guy just standing right there. Mm-hmm. That's the pretty time. So, you know, yeah. you yeah. have to, you have to survive. Yeah. So it's, over a hundred driving that. Yep. And they yep. had some survive, which is good. They did. And he, um, one of the guides that's been doing this, he's born and raised in South Texas. He's been around nil guy his whole life. He said, um, we're probably going to look at this and cancel hunts that are a month out from now. He said, we'll probably be hunting for another month, and then we're going to probably regroup and, and reevaluate this and let this, because uh, it's rut right now for Neil Guy. Mm-hmm. Um, well, February's true rut for Neil Guy. And he said, man, we, 
a lot of these cows are are pregnant right now and we just we really need this population to kind of mm-hmm. fare back out so before we start hunting them again and you know what the conservationist in me too and i'm not just saying this because i'm not in the podcast i'm i'm being truthful and honest in this i started thinking about it. it's like man i I'd feel bad to really go go beat those nil guy up and you know go hunt them hard mm-hmm. after they just weathered this snow apocalypse, mm-hmm. right? I mean, us Texans as it is, we had a hard time, mm-hmm. and and gosh, most of us had electricity. Some of us didn't, but I mean, we were without water and stuff, and we could at least escape the, escape the wind. We could, we could, and and I, it was brutal for a lot of people. It really was. So I mean, I kind of put myself in the nil guys hoofs so to speak and you just you just think about it you say man i feel bad for these yeah these animals was that a bow hunt that you had scared or was it a rifle hunt it was a rifle hunt i initially wanted to go do a bow hunt now next year i'm going to do a bow hunt with him um he is on one of the ranches he has that we can do bow hunts on he said they're completing a wind farm on which was interesting to me because i feel like i don't know i feel like game hunting isn't uh, good where there's wind farms, that's what I've heard at least because they're so loud. I don't know. But I don't well, know. My my our property has windmills on it. We're like south of Sweetwater, which okay. is like windmill capital of Texas. Yeah. Um. So it doesn't bother the. They get used to it. I they guess. get used to it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't say if like anything, as far as like conceal the deer, you right. In fact, it'll play into your advantage because right, it will kind of uh, conceal noise. A conceal little bit. noise, yeah. okay. and you can actually watch them just. Figure out which way the wind's blowing. Well, I'll look forward to that spot and stock on a yeah. nail guy with, with my bow then next year because, I I mean, I de- that's what I definitely plan to do. I yeah. think it'd be just absolutely cool to Well, they're hard target. to get close to, so. Yeah, skittish animal. And, and shoot, you'd be shooting the 240 spine and with the 75-pound draw? Yeah, and I tell you what, the and I'll go into this when we talk about the elk hunt too, but um, – I am just a major proponent in the fixed blade um, iron wheel. It is a very expensive broadhead, but I pro- it's no, I see iron. I've seen them, and I've been try. I've been looking at possibly investing in some of the iron iron wheels. Hundred percent. What do the iron look, wheels look they like? They look great. What do they look like? What it's a are thick, wide bodied uh, broadhead. Normally, uh, two bladed. Okay, is from with what the blader blade. Yeah. With, with, with like that little tiny kind of X one bleeder yeah. blades, okay. um, um, razor but, sharp tool steel. But uh, the the main broadhead is dual blade side and side, and then it has the bleeder a uh, small bleeder blade in the the middle mm-hmm. going on both sides. Um, they look great, and they look like they would pack a punch in it. I couldn't tell how accurate they because i've only seen them online thus far um i couldn't tell how well they would fly they're extremely accurate is it i can personally attest to it because the s100s are now you're making me uh what what uh percent what grain 100 100 yep and uh, i would be shooting a 125 if i did it and i know they make it and then i'd also know they make some heavy foc style stuff where you can get like 150 200 yeah. grain Honestly, a um, hundred, 
it did the job. See, for I think me and you could nerd out on some archery. We stuff could, right we here. could. I can. I'm a. I, if I could be a brand ambassador for for uh, Iron Will, I would. Like they are, they are the bee's knees. They I, truly I'm, are. I'm, I'm gonna look into that because I'm not happy with the ones that I have right now. No, do you use fixed or do you use? Uh, I use, I use fixed okay. just because I don't have anything truly negative to say about mechanicals. In my archery career, I have not truly used them or given them their time of day to even look at. But when I'm out in the field, I want the less that I have to worry about messing up, the better. Right. And with the mechanical, if you don't have all your collars to reset them or Mm. all this other stuff, it can be an issue. I've had mechanicals that I've gotten for free in the past, and that could have been the issue, but they swing open and hit weird. Um, now, my brother swears by mechanical. I know a lot of people who do. You normally get a wider cut yeah. diameter out of I mean, a mechanical. Yeah, I mean, like his... And they normally fly true, truer... Because there's less... If you put a collar on them, because uh-huh. those blades will stay shut... Until they hit. And as soon as it hits pressure, it pops that collar and expands out... You can get a two. It's a. It's normally a mechanical blade is two inches wide, and it ends up being like a four inch cut, and it will just blow through and do stuff. Now, if that mechanical fails, then it doesn't matter. Yeah, like all you're doing is well, wounding and all this other stuff. Well, let's right. let's try to keep on topic a little bit, uh, and we can nerd out on archery stuff. Uh, I like but this guest. I know, I know, I know. But I want to <laughs> talk about the guest for the last few. You weeks. you just spoke over probably like most of our listeners said. I know we kind of understood what was going on, but um, um, so you rescheduled the Neil guy hunt. I did to October. Okay, I just rescheduled today. So, so we'll have to get you back on. You need after. extra guys. Yeah, I'd love to. Man, I I truly would. I'd I'd get you on. We we can do four max, is what he said. But man, I'd love to do another hunt any other time and and get 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 together with you guys. That'd yeah, be fun. That'd um, be a lot of fun. So let's. And I know we originally scheduled the podcast because I knew you had this Neil guy hunt. We're right. like, well, we'll get you on and we'll talk about both. Both. Yeah. So that's the update on the Neil guy hunt. We're gonna postpone for that. But so tell us about your elk hunt and. Um, yeah, just kind of how you, what made you decide you wanted to do it, and then just kind of walk us through your process of the preparation, preparation, how it went. Sure. Yeah, maybe sure. some struggles along the way. <clears throat> I'll tell you first where, where it started. I mean, honestly, as as a kid, I mean, I was probably ten or eleven. I entered into this little um, drawing competition deal, and my mom's like, "Well, what do you?" draw what what are you passionate about whatever you want to draw and I, my dad had this cover from um from like a just an outdoor magazine like a field and stream or it, something. that's exactly what it was a field and stream and mm-hmm. had an elk on the front and i was like you know what i'm gonna draw that i want i want to go on an elk hunt. and and really at that time my dad had gone on a public land elk hunt with my uncle and with the mules and the whole the whole bit how anyway, old were you at the time i was probably Eight. Okay. So a while. Something like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. It'd been a while back. So I drew this elk and it's like, um, there was some cat. In Utah, right? I went to Utah. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. okay. Yeah. So anyways, story it's like, I'm going to keep it short. I'm, <laughs> no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to expand too long. But anyways, I drew, drew this what elk. What unit? I, 
One a year. No, no, no. no. One a year. No. The temperature. Every you said day. you drew the elk, and I may Im- Im- immediately went to like you sorry. drew the tag. Sorry, no, 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 no. I, I you, did a drawing yep. of an elk. I'm yeah. sorry. No, no, you're as good. A, as a kid, and uh, I got third place on it, but Pretty it was like stencil. Just a, <laughs> just a stencil. <laughs> so, anyways, <laughs> it started there, and I said, you know what? I, I I'd like to I'd like to do an elk hunt um, later on. So this has been really a a, a long time coming for me, and in as I got out of college, started making some money. I started saving away and um, researching on places to go, and I came across a place in Utah. It's called West Canyon Ranch. Um, it is a private ranch. Mm-hmm. Um, m- my whole deal is um, I wanted I wanted not something guaranteed, but I wanted a I wanted reasonable was, opportunity. I wanted that, something that was fair chase, and I wanted at least to have opportunity, right? Right. Um, I work a lot of hours. I really do. Uh, minimal minimal vacation time. So yeah. um, I, w- I wanted my first time to go do it to to have an opportunity. Right, because you don't have this opportunity all the time. I don't. Know? I don't. Yeah. I have a demanding work schedule. So anyways, uh, save up, go out to this place. Uh, it's in Paradise, Utah, which is... Uh, about an hour north of Salt Lake City. So we flew into Salt Lake. Um, mind you, I went with my dad. Um, so that was really special. Very cool to get to go to, uh, do that with your, you know, with your own father. Yeah, for sure. So um, got to go do that. Um, got to the ranch. It's just, it's five stars, five star all the way. Um, we pull up to this cabin and um, we're at the base of a, you know, a smaller mountain. And um, you just... You just taking it all in. You got mountains surrounding you, just everywhere. And I'll share some pictures with you guys later. But, um, anyways, um, probably should back up and go over some prep preparation. <laughs> I, I may be getting ahead of myself. No, dude, You're talk good. whatever you want to yeah, talk about. Really, but uh, I guess I'll start with some. Really, the preparation. I, you know, um, was it like H or what grade? H preparation H. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, the uh, the preparation really was, you know. Again, as I told you, I don't I, I work a lot of hours, so time is very limited. Family time is very precious to me. So um, the most really I did was uh, thirty push up in, in the morning and thirty push ups at night, and then I'd shoot probably. Um, I'd throw probably twenty, at least twenty arrows. Every day. Every day. Now, did you um, know, were you going to be hiking a lot? So did you do any hiking? And um, I didn't do much hiking. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I, I just uh, really just did the push-ups thing. Yeah. I know that sounds very silly. Hey, but you know what? I, uh, what works. I, I, um, I did actually okay in, yeah. in the mountains. I, I, I wasn't winded at all. So thankfully, I think as time goes on and I do this again, I'm going to need a little bit better preparation, some mountain biking and things of that nature but anyways so i'd, I'd throw probably 20 hours a day and just got striking strengthen up here i'd uh i'd hold hold my arrow back and i'd hold for a good 10 15 20 seconds and i'd get that up and i, I wanted to be shooting at least a group of a grapefruit of holding 15 20 seconds at, at a what time distance uh 30 40 yards um, and then I would, I would do kneeling stance, raise up. I, I tried all different things. Um, I would even put the target canted off to the side and hit the bullseye where my window was, you know, 
very minimal. So I tried shots through the trees. I mean, everything. Mm-hmm. Every type of scenario I could think of. So um, that, and I made sure to get me a good pair of Danners. Danner oh, boots. Oh, man, those are my go-to. Love them. Yeah, Love so them. good. And then Cam Haynes has an Under Armour boot that he came out with. It's a double boa. If y'all don't know what boa is, mm-hmm. it's it's the... The quick lace. Quick, quick lace. And I tell you what, it's my favorite boots. Completely Gore-Tex. It's a... Do they not blow out on you? Because I've heard a lot of issues with the um, Under Armour boots blowing out. I, you know, I heard that on the first round, but I've got the second round, second year production, and I had no issues. That boot was a beast. So I'd wear the Danners in the morning, and then the... Cam Haynes boots. Oh, so you have both. Yeah. And okay. then I wore the Cam Haynes boots because they're a lighter boot. It's more of a Texas boot, I would say, because they're okay. they're not very thick. The thinsulate's not there. Yeah. It's mm. a Gore-Tex boot. Okay. Um, so it's made to keep you dry, but not necessarily right. warm. But it's grippy. I yeah. mean, it's got a great Vibram sole on it. So anyways, um, great boots is a must when you're, when you're on your feet all day um, hiking, definitely. So, um, and then um, I had to... I didn't want to do it, but I pulled the trigger. I went to Good Sports and got a Sitka, that long bag that you can Good put a bow in. Good Sports is a great I love Good Sports. store yeah. in San Antonio for outdoor stuff. I they will really plug are. them all day long. Yeah, yeah, they're awesome. So I did that like two days before my trip. I bought it. I was like, mm. man, that's too much money. I'm not going to spend that. And I said, you know what? Lifetime warranty. Let's do it. I'm going to put all my stuff in this, put it on the plane. I don't have to worry about it. So that worked out great. And which bag was it? That, that big Sitka duffel? long duffel bag. And I tell you what, it is, it fit everything. everything. Yeah, everything. <laughs> and all I had was that in my bow case. Boom, I'm ready to go. That's it. Mm-hmm. Um, so who'd it was you, awesome. Who'd you use there? Was it uh, Andrew, Drew, um, Good Sport, Cameron? So he's actually okay. He's actually like the um, rock the climbing one? guy. Okay, yeah, yeah, he's a rock climbing guy, but he's they're all great. No, yeah, I just great. always use Drew. He's yep. the one I have most contact with. And then Jordan, the, I guess, owner, GM guy. Yeah, yep, yep, with the glasses. Uh-huh. Yeah, good guys. So, anyways, that was kind of the extent of my prep to to, to keep it short. Get Going back to getting to the ranch, um, they kind of give you a, a orientation, if you will, just kind of walk you through things. They have a really cool guy that uh, does local bronze sculptures of your – kill so if you get done he can do an exact replica of your kill in a bronze sculpture like how big like um it would be probably okay so like two or three feet wide probably two feet wide and how probably much? a foot and a half it's about as much as the elk kind itself <laughs> <laughs> i said man i'd probably rather come on another elk yeah. i said that's really cool but um, I think I'll just I'll go with mounting my own animal and yeah. and um, do that. But for the people that could afford something like that, wow, what a what a cool thing to do! Mm-hmm. So he's a local guy. Um, go through the whole thing. You have a really sweet chef. Um, she's she was just awesome, and she's actually part of the family that owns the ranch and breakfast and uh, lunch and dinner. Uh, actually, breakfast was just toast, right? And then big lunch, big dinner. Mm. Um, so we'd go out um, in the morning and, um, you know, we'd cow call and this is during the rut, mind you, this is in September. Um, so, um, we just cow call, get them, see, see what bulls would play with us. Right. Um, 
and this is an over four thousand acre ranch. So it's a it's a sizable ranch. I mean, it's it's a big ranch. You mm-hmm. can do some serious hiking and yeah. and walking. So that first uh, evening, we got pretty darn close to a pretty good six by six. Um, he was at a um, he was at a mud hole um, with probably about ten cows, um, and he was he was the only bull. But I mean, he was a good bull. He's probably three fifties. I mean, he's a solid bull. Um, we we couldn't get him away from the the cow right. herd. We just couldn't. Yeah, he wouldn't. Well, he wouldn't come. Kind of makes sense. You have ten cows to ten cows, cows one, and then like, there's hey. one calling. It's yeah. like, why would I leave? <laughs> that's right. This party yeah. that's going on here. That's right. Yeah. Landed in a mud hole, so he's like living it up in a jacuzzi style. Oh, yeah, <laughs> he was he was loving it, and and he's drinking you. some. How do you pronounce this tequila? Abandonado. <laughs> he's drinking some he's abandonado and had all his honeys on him. He's ready. All of his honeys. Yeah. So, um, um, and the funny thing is, like, every hunt we went out, we saw turkeys. Mm. Every hunt. I mean, turkeys. Just a group of turkeys. In, uh-huh. And our guide was just like, man, if this is spring turkey season, we, we definitely wouldn't be seeing these things. Like, man, they're everywhere. I mean, that's always how it goes, mm-hmm. right? When they're not in season, you see them. Um, So um, go in that evening, have dinner and everything, get up the next morning, um, go and do it again. This time, um, Dad and I were, you know, in the lodge, and we cracked the window. And mind you, it's getting 20 degrees at night at this point in time in Utah. And, um, man, we had uh, just these thick comforters, and we are just bundled up in bed and just uh, (laughs) – He just cracked the window and listened to the elk all night. Yeah, which is just unreal. I mean, if just I could the whole listen, night, just the whole night, yeah. and you just you're already dreaming about them. Yeah, and you have that in the background. You just it's just mm. it resonates, right? It's just awesome. So we hear we hear this bull just real aggressively, just getting after it. Um, we kind of regroup in the kitchen and start talking about what we're going to do, and the guides kind of. All right, I think we're going to do this. He said, "Man, I, I literally see bulls behind the cabin up on this ridge, which is crazy." He's like, "Man, they're never like right here." He said, "I see like four or five bulls just right here on the ridge, and we so come you out." Shot it from your bedroom window. And went back to sleep. <laughs> Man, that's that's it. No, we we saw their silhouettes, and I mean it's dusk. I mean you can barely see, but you just see their silhouettes with the with their just amazing just rack, and you just. I mean, your heart just stops. You're just like, golly, this is this is unreal. So we make our way up this mountain, if you will, um, and just hunkering down. And the owner of the ranch has a pretty good spotting scope, and he's down kind of watching it in action. Um, he just happened to be in the area. And uh, he gets a really cool picture, which I'll share with you guys later. But um, we creep up on this bull, and I, I – I, kid you not i'm probably was within 25 30 yards of this thing mm-hmm. and not no not even know it not even know it because of the the incline and the sagebrush uh-huh. it was it was it was impeding our view mm-hmm. um and as soon as we peeked over he had already crested the ridge and we couldn't get him to play so um did that so dad and i that's the second day. Was your dad hunting as well, or did he just he go with you? Okay. So he was hunting with a raven crossbow, mm. um, which, for all you that are listening, 
Two, Utah, you cannot hunt with a crossbow on public land. On private land, you can. No. That is the law. Okay. That's the law. It's an unfair advantage. And can you hunt with a rifle on public land? You can. You can. Can you hunt with a crossbow in rifle season? You can't hunt with a crossbow in archery season, but I don't know okay. the rule. I don't know the technique. That's a good question. But you question might be able the- to in rifle season. Okay, never mind. That's a good question. Just kind of yeah, curious. that's a good question. Yeah. Okay. But um, on private land, you can. Yeah. So, um, anyways, the evening hunt, we hunted by a pond, um, and I, everything was like a close call. I had a bull. I mean, come down this hill within probably 40 yards, but I, I couldn't move because he stopped at the base and, and looks over where we are. And we're just kind of in this tree line next to the pond, but we're kind of exposed. There's yeah. just not really a place to get your shot going. Yeah. Now, and, it, for you, was there like a, like a mental, like, I know I'm only going to take a shot at X distance and closer? Yes. What was, yes. Your, what was your X? My ex would probably be have been no more than fifty yards. Okay, that that's where that's truly was my comfort zone. I had practiced fifty yard shots religiously, mm-hmm. but the most shots that I had practiced was in between thirty and forty. Okay, so you that knew was like my religious fifty was your farthest, but like closer would be ideal. Sure, yeah, and you owe that to the animal. I mean, for sure, you owe a merciful especially with shot archery to yeah. that to that animal and a merciful kill to the animal. I mean, you truly do. Um, so that last night, we, or the second day, we tried to go through some woods and track this, this bull down, and just it just we couldn't make it happen. We couldn't connect with him. So third day, um, last day of the hunt, uh, it's morning, and they bring in another guide because it was a two-on-one, or one-on-two, rather, one guide on two hunters. Mm-hmm. So we did a one-on-one. And you guys um, split? We did. Okay. So, just to better our chances, yeah, right? Yeah, for sure. Let's, let's, let's split up on different sides of the ranch, see what we can make happen. So, that last night, we had gone to bed, and about the middle of the night, um, Dad and I kind of woke up and, and, and really just heard this bull just screaming. I mean, he was just aggressive. Um, woke up around, you know, 5.30 next morning. It's like that same bull. He's like, is right there outside of our windows. I mean, he was just screaming. And so, um, God said, man, this, this bull, I mean, and he, he didn't sleep there, but this, this bull was just, just screaming up a storm. So we get, um, we get going and, um, he's like, man, let's go see if this bull will play. And so we get, uh, get going. We walk about 300 yards, right. Mm -hmm. And it's still dusk. And we just see, we hear the bugle, and you just hear this, um, or you just see this um, smoke, not smoke, you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, like the, the ex- vapors. Exhaling. The yeah, vapors yeah. of his breath. Yeah, right, yeah. right. So you, you, you see him exhale, and you, see, you don't see the elk, though, mm-hmm. but you see the exhale of the breath because of how cold it is. And then um, all of a sudden he stands up, and you're like, oh, whoa, yeah. there he is. I mean, he's right there, and he was bedded down at the end of this um, it's a big willow tree, just forest tree line, and he was bedded down at there. So, got up, and he was, we were cow calling. He was, I mean, he was in it, back and forth bantering. So, and how far away was he at this point? 
At this point, he'd probably he's probably 150 yards. Okay, I'd say okay. so. It's still a hike. Yeah. So, but I mean, we were we were on we were on ground level at mm-hmm. this point at the base of a of a mountain. Um, and I don't know if the bull just couldn't figure out where the cow call was coming from, but he made his way up. Um, so we chased after him. So um, we did this back and forth, um, cat and mouse game, if you will, um, trying to come up on top of them to keep them from cresting the mountain and going down the other side. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's that was the strategy we used. We we got within 60 yards through the trees, and he was just cold stare at you mm-hmm. um, where you can't move. And uh, so my guide made the call to go around him, come off off the top of him, and kind of push him down. So he, he, like, threw the call downwards, which was impressive how he did it, and got the bull to literally work his way back down the mountain. Um, so he, we, we went through this, this bed of just, and it was, mind you, it was dry. I mean, it was a dry year all around. I, I heard it was really dry in New Mexico, but it was especially dry in Utah. There had been fires at this time, mm-hmm. um, which I had worried about my trip being canceled up. Thank God it wasn't. Um, so there's just leaves just everywhere. And just imagine like Doritos bag, just reaching your hand in there and crunching chips. That's Every what time it was you like. Step. And he's like, find, you know, the ground and just work your way through these leaves. And at this point, we had gotten them at about, uh, we ranged them at about 300 yards. So just imagine a bed of leaves, a forest of trees, and he's out in a sagebrush clearing, making his way to um, basically a peninsula writ on the ridge mm-hmm. where it just went out. Um, there was one cedar tree out there and nothing but sagebrush, no cover. Um, so we made our way through there kind of sat down and watched him he was just grazing wasn't around any cows um we kind of quit cow calling at that point in time and we made the call to make it down the ridge and use that ridge to our advantage to conceal our identity of where we were right um <clears throat> worked our way down the ridge and then came up about to about 60 yards from mm-hmm. him and then from there it was just a you know it was really just a, a crab walk to get to get to him. I didn't personally know how close I was to him at this point because I was staying as low as I could. I was really just relying on my guide. I mean, we were literally one unit. I mean, just moving. It was it was pretty incredible how we and this guy's a, a big guy. He's probably six four. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a tall dude. Um anyways, so we get within Anywhere between 30 and 40 yards. Didn't have time to range them. And at this point, we're like this. Um, he's facing away mm-hmm. from us, grazing. And this would be his head. And he's just canting away slowly. So my guy, Nick, he said, hey, do you have a shot? He said, peek, peek over. And sagebrush is probably three foot. High, so okay, so you can pop over two, two, two and a half, three foot high, maybe, yeah, yeah, max. So I kind of peek over. I said, I had a shot, but I'm gonna lose it quick because I can see him like turning. And I mean, his his rear end was almost right there. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
I said, I'm going to try it. So I said, what do you think he is? And he's like, man, just put it for 35. I've got a single pin sight. Mm -hmm. So I put it for 35. And then in one motion, I'm just raise up and draw all in one motion and just put it right here on his back hind. I mean, my window, I'm not kidding you, was this. It was, I, I couldn't have made this shot again. Yeah. I mean, truthfully, it, it happened textbook. Uh-huh. Caught. I clipped his hind quarter. Mm-hmm. That's how tight the window was. Caught his back um, rib cage. Buried the arrow into his back shoulder. His, or his front right shoulder. So, so it went through his whole cavity. That's right. From that's the exactly back, right. From like his like hind quarter to his front shoulder. That's right. Gotcha. Opposite shoulder. Yep. Yep. And I could not believe my eyes. This elk literally moved at a snail's pace. Uh-huh. I mean, he was hurt. I mean, mm-hmm. it was a very lethal shot. And he probably went, I'm not kidding you, he just went slowly probably 30 yards uh-huh. and dropped. Really? And I uh, drew and I put another arrow in. Oh, you did? And um, <clears throat> just kind of just kind of peered over. I didn't want to spook him. Peered over kind of, and I, I, I said, I don't want to spook him, you know. And what my guy was like, come right here. I've got a window in between the sagebrush. Mm-hmm. And so I drew one more time, double lunged him. And you just saw his rack goes like this and then expire right yeah. there on the side of the mountain and just, man. So relatively quick and it, it kind of everything you'd hope for. Oh, man. I If I if I could do that every time with every animal I shot, that's great. the way I would do it. Yeah. I mean, it. I, I practiced for this, and it and it happened exactly the way I, you know, wanted it to happen. It, yeah, everything sure. was textbook. It was just awesome. Yeah, I mean uh-huh. the way the way it all happened. So we're high fiving and everything. And um, my dad's on the other side of the ranch, so he calls the guy and he's like, "Hey, we got him. We got a really good one. It was a seven by seven. And so. Um, I can see my guide on the phone and he said, he hangs up. He goes, man, that's cool. I'm like, what? He's like, your dad's pretty emotional right now. He's, mm. he's stoked right now. So, uh, it was special. It really was. It was really special. Um, unfortunately my dad wasn't able to, to leave with one, two, um, which would have been the only thing that would have made that trip better. But, um, you know, we fully expect to go back. Yeah. My brother graduates Texas tech, um, soon. So, when that happens, oh, we may. We my may brother's to, there right now. Is he? Yeah. That's awesome. So. I feel like all brothers follow mm-hmm. people to tech. Yeah. yeah. My brother graduated a couple years ago. That's awesome. That's awesome. So. I did. Anyways. <laughs> so. <laughs> hopefully we do. Hopefully we do that trip again and do it, do it with uh, my brother and my dad and um, go give it hell and hopefully we can all go home with another yeah. one. So, but. Um, yeah, man, it's just a, a phenomenal experience. And how much meat you get from that animal? How long did it take you guys to clean that thing? <sighs> Probably minutes. 45 minutes with two guys. Really, yeah. three guys. I mean, I was helping, but I was more in the way. Yeah. They, these <laughs> like guys, they do it every day. These guys do it every day. Yeah. Um, and I tell you what, when you, when you lift, because I'm used to, and I'm sure most Texans are used to, just gutting a deer right on the ground. Um, you may be, you may get lucky it, and get one. Yeah. Yeah. But me, I'm, I'm used to just laying it on its back and just doing it right there. Um, well, that's what we did 
on Landon and I's hunt when Landon got that doe was we took it somewhere because his dad didn't want the gut pile just in the middle of the ranch. So we took it somewhere that's not normally hunted, gutted it, uh, pulled it out of the back of the truck, laid it on the ground back up or backside down, gutted it, cleaned everything out, and then took the carcass up to the house and hung it from a gamble to do the the skinning. The skinning and everything. Yeah. The skinning and deconstruction of yeah. it. Yeah. It's, it's amazing to see how those guys work. I mean, to cut those each limb off, and there's no bones. I mean, it's just tendons, uh, which is amazing to me in itself. And they were just, I mean, God, one of those back hams, just lifting that back leg up by myself. I got to tell you, that, that'll that test your strength. I mean, it is a heavy son of a gun. Just that one hand. How did you bring one. all the meat back? That's what I'm... Oh, yeah, that's I've, a good question. I, okay. On hunts, I always hear, you know, oh, I went so-and-so and I shot an elk. And I got so much, but I've never heard like you flew there with your bag and your bow. Yep. How did the deer make it back, and what was that process? Yeah. Like? So or the elk UPS. Yeah. We uh, <laughs> well, I priced that, and and it's 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 very expensive. I mean, it's upwards of close to a thousand dollars. No, I'm not playing. I would have guessed maybe two hundred. That's what I thought. Yeah, that's what I thought. And, and at that boy, point, was I wrong? Oh man, because how many pounds of meat do you have? Raw pounds of meat when it's deboned, I had two hundred eighty pounds. Okay, which is a lot of meat. Yeah, that's a lot of meat. And About uh, a month's worth. that's no bones. That is no bones, taken all out. So um, I got lucky. The guy that happens to be, quote unquote, I guess the the butcher on the ranch, right? He does all the deboning and stuff for you, and, and does a cut and wrap. It's what we call it. He just cuts it and wraps it Puts up. Puts it in freezer paper and, and makes stuff. it good to go. Yep, yep. And, and labels it for you. Um, that guy happened to be selling solar panels on the side and had a trip to Odessa. Well, my, no. I know. I know. And I said, that is love. I said, are you driving down there? He goes, yeah, I love driving. I'm like, man, can I pay you to take my meat? And my head and antlers down, and I'm gonna have my dad meet you um, there because my I mean San Angelo is only a couple hours oh. away. Yeah, yeah. So, um, well, even if you're coming up from San Antonio, like that's well worth. Oh it. yeah, yeah, yeah. Boy, I mean, we got lucky on that deal. So that, yeah, that's one of those once a lifetime probably yeah. won't play out like that again. Yeah. Well, next time we're gonna drive. Yeah. Just because of that. Yeah. Alone, you think about it, you just like. Yeah, you Golly, this gas. drive's gonna suck, but I tell you what, it's Save better than paying a thousand dollars to See, ship your sure. meat. Oh, See. not to mention that didn't include the horns and tape. Oh man, that See, was just the meat. My idea is, I I love driving, and I think of it like as a journey to see like the countryside yeah. and everything. So. Sure. I probably would have just drove anyway. We contemplated it. We almost did it, um, but you saw a long way though. It is. It is. It is. It was a. It was a kind of a. Man, yeah, I wouldn't change anything though. If you're honestly, sharing that experience with like good friends or your dad or something, mm-hmm. it's worth it. Yeah, it is. And in Salt Lake City, we we stay. We went in there a day before. Just God forbid something happened to where it funked up our trip to where we had to, you know, make arrangements for something. Mm-hmm. And then we had a day on the backside. I said, let's just plan a day for the front side of the trip and a day for the backside of the trip. 
make sure there's no issues. How many days did you hunt? Uh, three total days. Okay. Three total days. Yep. And we hit it morning, morning, evening, um, with probably three or four hours of break in the, in the middle of the day. And, mm-hmm. and typically dad and I just went out on that porch and just, um, stayed in our hunting gear and, and literally just took a nap out there. And mm. it's great. I mean, it really is. I'd, I'd go shoot my bow a little bit more, just make, make sure, just stay dialed in and just, we just take naps out there. And the, what's cool, the last day of the hunt, they do a, a 64 ounce tomahawk ribeye. Oh, man. That's and, worth it. Um, it takes him like four, five hours on the grill uh-huh. to cook it. But that's their signature, like, that's thing, like your last day of the end hunt. End of the day or end of the week. Last, yeah, the very last day of the hunt. And I mean, that sucker was, I mean, it's huge. It was so big that I said, can we? Can I have this tomorrow with uh, eggs? Yeah, it, yeah, this is too much. I can't eat all of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it it was really cool. What would you say to people who uh, I I think there's a lot of people in your shoes. They work a lot, and they're like, I'd like to do an elk hunt, but you know, I ha- I have to draw a tag, and then I have to go hunt for a week, and then my odds are really low. Yeah. And it sounds like this was think, kind of I like think a the best way that he did it work. would probably be the best way. If you're working and you don't have the time to dedicate to a public land hunt, go to a ranch. I mean, what? It, it's, I, fair I, ch- it's fair chase. I, I can know, promise you. I want to know what the retail was, but you don't have to say it on the podcast. But sure. if you don't mind, like talking to me after. Yeah, oh, yeah. And I don't mind sharing it on the podcast too. But if you don't want me to share it, on no, me. no, you can share yeah, it if you, you want to. It was there's three to three levels you can have a management bull they what they call a ranch bull and then next level is a trophy bull trophy bull is about 390 plus um ranch bulls anywhere from 350 to 380 and then your management wait 100 no he's talking no, about no, points point oh, yeah. i'll oh, get oh, into oh, the cost oh. i'll get into the cost then your man managed- i was about to say i'm gonna go on an elk hunt <laughs> yeah no kidding <laughs> no kidding i'll go on three elk hunts <laughs> um yeah, so and then the management bull um is is anywhere from I think it was two eighty to to three fifty, three forty. So you right can still get a pretty good size even you can, management. The management bulls actually were nice. So the management bull was about um I think it was about sixty five hundred. Okay. And then if you went to the ranch bull it was um ten five. Okay. And then it was thirteen five for the trophy. Okay. And but that includes all your stay. Now what if you don't shoot? You don't shoot, you don't pay. Mm. Wait for anything? You just pay for like your lodging, room and board, your lodging. Which, which is a couple of whatever a day. Broke down to like 500 a day. Okay. Yeah. Which, which is which considerably less. Which is less. definitely worth it. I mean, it's yeah. a five-star lodge right. in my opinion. And it's to be honest, if you nice. go there and you're willing to pay, you know, 10 grand and all this. Right. Right. I didn't you, get anything. I'm paying a couple, you know, yeah. maybe if you 15, 2,000. If you shoot, all that's included into that cost that that's you just said. That's right. The only thing that you pay above and beyond that is the butchering, which is about 500 bucks. Okay. And that's the, the, the building and the, the wrapping and that's everything. Right. Okay. That's probably right. Probably worth it I'd to imagine, full elk. Especially to ship it back. It is. It is. Is, your, uh, is it getting mounted right now? It is. I'll have it back in April. Okay. okay. So pretty soon. Pretty soon. So um, he's had it since the end of September. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. So, so it takes, it's a long and process. And honestly, it's longer process than that. The reason we got lucky on that is my dad's a landscaper and he did a trade out with our mm-hmm. long uh, long friend taxidermist that we've had and um 
he did a trade out with him and then I just paid my dad the money. Yeah. Um, and I was like, well, perfect. That works. You get your money out of it. I get the, the benefit of it. getting it quicker. Yeah. You know, Yeah. for sure. So, um, but yeah, I, I, going back to your question, I highly recommend that because if you go out on a public land hunt, how much equipment do you really have to bring? You have to rent horses. I mean, you do, unless you have horses, unless you want to hike 10 miles. Right. Because let's be honest, most guys stop one mile in or two miles in. You need to go deep. Yeah. I mean, from what I've researched. I mean, I've had friends that have done the public lands hunts and, and be very successful, but they all had mules and they came, They went with a group of six or seven buddies that could, you know. Helps how, with the cost. How, the, not the only weight. that, how's all of bringing the tent and supplies yeah. and food. Um, it's a lot. It is a lot. Um, I would love to do it. One, you know, one day I would, I would, I would thoroughly enjoy that. But if, for someone that works a lot and wants something that's make the most of your time off, yeah, 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 yeah. And you don't have to mess with other people running into other people and them messing up your hunt. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. just you're, there's those factors too. Yeah. So if you're lucky enough or fortunate enough to be able to well, afford 3, that, thirty five hundred for a management bull, sixty five hundred, uh, sixty five hundred yeah. for a management bull. Still doesn't seem that bad. And I saved for a while. I mean, I, I did. Yeah, it's I not saved, a trip you do I saved every for, year. I saved for five, five years on it, to yeah. be honest. Just just put a little bit away, yeah. and, and then you just one look, day you're gonna do it. look forward to it. Yeah. that's yeah. it's, And it's it's 100% worth it. Yeah, for sure. I would do it again a million times over. Really? 100%. And it, I said it's the best feeling I've had next to my daughter being born. Yeah. I mean, really, I've been skydiving. There's no adrenaline rush like this. Yeah. It's incredible when you spot and stalk an animal and it's that big and it's in front of you, and you make that all connect and happen. It's it's, it's pretty crazy. It's pretty special. Yeah, mm. cool. So, anyways, you guys have any? We went way over. This is going to be by far our longest podcast. But you guys have any other questions or anything or anything no, that else? Was great, Camden. Thank you. Anything else awesome. you want to mention yeah, about it. your hunt that? Uh, is worth mentioning i really like this guest no i appreciate <laughs> it no i just appreciate you guys having me on I, I i i love reliving this moment dude yeah and when i tell this story it gets me jacked up yeah, every no, time so awesome. it's really cool so any of you guys that are listening if there's something that you've been longing to do go do it say save up the money because memories are priceless yeah for sure i mean they really are mm-hmm. you can buy material things all day long but go out and do something that's priceless like yeah. make make a memory and especially if it's with a family member Oh yeah, you know, or, yeah, or so a you, best you friend. Dad will remember forever. Yeah, or a close friend. Just just make a memory. Yeah, I was so. listening to. Never mind. I'll I'll tell y'all after. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, guys. No, that's that's great. Um, sounds like a really cool hunt, and uh, will you have to send us the pictures? We can post them on Instagram so people yeah. can reference them whenever. Uh, we can post them on Instagram. They can see the pictures and they can come and. And listen to the podcast. Uh, so. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, cool. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening. Uh, hey, Ian, give us a little uh, teaser about the article you're working on. It, I'm not done with it, so let me do it. Uh, no, no, no be just, done by just a little, just a little teaser. Just it's a gonna, little teaser. Okay, it's going to be a non-traditional fishing accessory that you need for summer. And by non-traditional, I mean non-traditional. <laughs> I like it, man. I like it. Okay, you guys can find that on our website. If you all would like to support us, we have cool stuff on our website, yeah. and uh, including new whiskey glasses that we had made. 
Um, These are so, awesome. New buffs. And uh, we have buffs and some other stuff we made for the expo. So um, please consider support. Please consider supporting us. And uh, special thank you to Cam for coming on the podcast. I know you're busy and you have a family. And so we appreciate you taking the hey, time I appreciate to, to come out and bringing this is fun. This, the Great extensive bourbon, res- eh? whiskey <laughs> review and tequila. Yes. If and we do this also, again, I'll bring more. <laughs> and also thank you for wearing a suit. Yes. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> Very professional. <laughs> All right, guys. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Well, Zach screwed that up. (laughs) But thank you for listening to Honey Hole Hangout, where you are not guaranteed to learn something, but you are guaranteed to laugh.